called this number on a dead guy's phone. Who are you? And welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're climbing the runs of cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. Last week we talked about Titanic, and this week to kick off our fifth season of the Movie Ladder Podcast, we're talking about The Departed. I'm Zach Brooks. And for the 209th time, I'm joined by... I'm shipping up to Boston with Leo. It's Brennan Fitzpatrick. Oh, you're not Fitzy? You go by Fitzy half the time, and there's a character in this movie called Fitzy. Fitzy. Yeah, but I'm not that Fitzy. (laughs) And for the third time in a row, we're joined by... Me, Megan the Librarian. (laughs) I was going to pause. (laughs) I was going to say, like, you know, I'm very fucking happy to be on your fucking podcast, you motherfuckers. There we go. Should I? Wow. (laughs) Language. Um, Damn. Content Uh, warning. You didn't didn't drop any of, like, the racial or gay slurs that are in this movie, so there's that. Uh, What do you guys think of the, what do you guys think about uh, starting doing the movie first and then introducing us? Saying the name of the movie and then introducing us. It's a change, I was thinking, for season five. Let's let's see how it goes. It's it's fine for now, but you know, I mean, it's the fucking departed. So how can you not talk about it True. right off the bat? I thought you maybe know? I could take a departure from what we've done for four uh, years. Uh. Uh. So yes, yeah, so talking about the departed. Then at the end of the episode, we'll send our next movie based on suggestions sent in by the listeners and us, your hosts. We will be spoiling the departed. So if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Um. It is no longer on Tubi. It was on Tubi when we recorded yeah. last week. It is. It was. I don't, it is. Uh, you can rent it. You can get it from your library. I had the DVD, so I watched a very kind of grainy version of The Departed, which uh, sort of worked actually. Like it, it's a good movie to watch grainy, I guess. It feels um, a little old school. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks, was. Um, it feels gritty. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, I rented it on Amazon. Um, I was actually a little disappointed because I thought that I bought it at some point, like some night, because I I usually watch this movie like once every year or two, because I've I've watched this movie so many freaking times since it came out. Um. But I, uh, yeah, I didn't have it. And I, I I was shocked because I think the last time I watched it, it was on Netflix. And then the time before that, it was on HBO, uh, whatever HBO was calling itself back then. Um, but yeah, now it's just like only rentable or from your library. Yeah. yeah. Megan, where, where did you watch it? You probably own it, right? I have the DVD and my DVD, I haven't upgraded it to Blu-ray because I, I think my DVD, it's nice. It has like bonus features mm-hmm. of two discs and it came with a, print copy of the script for this movie, wow. I guess. Very fancy. fancy. Yeah. Mine, mine like just had the trailer. <laughs> mine trailer, and then it had some trailers before for a bunch of movies that, like, looked very 2006. The one Painted Veil? Um, no. Not the Painted Veil. Yeah, there was the one that was, like, it was, like, Stigmata or something that was... Oh, it, it wasn't Stigmata. Oh, my goodness. It was not Stigmata, but oh, it reminded no. me of Stigmata, where it's, like... It's got Hillary Swank and, like, these plagues all come in, like, it's like a horror movie, horror thriller with Hillary Swank. I'd probably look it up, but... Uh, um, no, thanks. I'm good. So we're, we're yeah, not connecting not, to that next, is what you're saying. Well, it's, it's, just, it's always funny when you watch an old DVD oh, and yeah. you can't skip the trailers. Like, you have to watch that. You can't hit yeah, menu. Yeah, yeah. You can't hit skip ahead. And so I just had to watch... Well, um these movies it's funny because that's what a lot of these streamers streamers are going to start doing uh now that they're going for ads like amazon makes you last night amazon makes you watch the trailer for whatever they're promoting before you can play the actual movie ad free so you know that's that's just what's going to become more and more uh more and more common hbo does that before a lot of their tv shows like if you click on an episode of the tv show it makes you watch an ad for 
one or two other shows. You know, it's a, it's becoming more of a common thing. Yeah. This movie is called The Reaping, and it oh, has a Lord. 2.4 on Letterboxd. Uh, oh, it does God. have Idris Elba in it, though. Yeah, 2.4. Hillary Swank and Idris okay, I thought, I thought you meant like 2.4 on like IMDb, and I thought oh, that's really bad. But then, yeah. okay. 2.4 uh, no, Letterbox no. is uh, somewhat respectable. Still pretty low for oh, Letterbox. Yeah. Only one person who I follow has watched this movie. Is it Todd? Oh, guess who that It is Todd. Todd the Librarian. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but we're not here to talk about the reaping. No, we're here to talk about the departed. The departing. Um, yeah. So yes, uh, watch it. That was a long-winded way to say <laughs> watch it. You have to rent it, and according to Brendan, you have to sit through some ads first, um, mm-hmm. or you get it from your library and get it ad free. But mine had a mine had a delay. Hopefully, some listener was also checking it out from the library. It's well worth uh, money though. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yes. But if you do want to skip ahead, here we're going to be watching for season five, episode number two. Timestamp is always in the, is in the description of this podcast. Um, but we always suggest pause the podcast, go watch The Departed, come back, listen to us talk about it. Our fifth season, Zach. I can't believe it's our fifth season of it this is. podcast. Welcome it's welcome to season five, everybody. I mean, we are now officially on season five, episode one. Uh, and we do not currently plan on announcing an end date yet. <laughs> and I you never know. know. You never know. Could happen but in another year. We're, uh, yeah. we're we're having a lot of fun, and I'm really excited that we're kicking off uh, the season with yet another Scorsese movie. I mean, Scorsese has to be our most watched single director, right? Like across all our letterbox stats. Oh, interesting that you brought that up. I was looking at our letterbox stats earlier. Um, like the podcast ones or our personal ones? Because he is my uh, no, podcast, podcast stats. Yeah, for the yeah, podcast. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. 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 Um, Scorsese is high up there. This is um, just we're gonna do things out of order. This is our eighth Scorsese movie and yes. our eighth Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Wonderful. Uh, it is our seventh Thelma Shoemaker movie. She edits a lot of mm-hmm. Scorsese's films, uh, and it is our sixth Howard Shore. Wow, um, six Howard Shore score. That's great. Yeah. So, uh, yes, that was I did I did have that written down, and I was I did look at the all-time stats for the movie ladder podcast which this probably would have been better on our last bonus episode that you and i mm. did on monday brendan but yeah. the one thing that i found very, very interesting is we've hit every year from 1985 through 2022 we've hit at least one movie at from every movie year from 85 to 22 over the life that of is podcast wild i love that that's that means that we are varied in our interests and uh we do not discriminate against uh decades or well, all, i think all would yeah. say we have not watched uh, enough from before our lifetimes uh, that's fair should that's start fair. doing yes. more old movies but we also so going back a little bit further we have not done anything from 1984 so oh. it's something to keep in mind maybe we try to get an 84 of the movie this year we also have not done anything from se- since 78 so brendan in your lifetime we've watched a movie from every year not counting 2023. We have not done 2023 yet. Well, from except 1984. That is the only year we've missed. So we watched in 80 and 81 and 82 and Every, 83. Yep. Wow. Wow. Yep. Okay. And, and most of these Doxes, are multiple I'm movies. Telling too. on myself how old I am, but sure. Yeah. Uh, we've not watched a 2023 movie yet either. And then even well, if you go back towards 1940, I mean, we've missed a few years, but we've hit more years than we've missed from 1940 to now. Yep. Yeah, we, we try to be, you know, a very varied podcast, uh, you know, and to go, you know, not just do newer movies, not just do like movies that we remember, um, try stuff from all decades and all genres. So yeah. to answer your question, yes, Scorsese is our highest. Uh, eight, highest one, yeah. so eight for Scorsese. Second is we have a tie between Spielberg and Nolan at five. Okay, I was going to say Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. 
And DiCaprio is number two in terms of stars that we've watched. Uh, he was tied with Harrison Ford um, until this mm. movie, uh, but he is still one behind Tom Cruise, who we have watched nine that Tom makes Cruise sense. movies. So, yep. I will uh, I will bookmark these stats, and maybe I can keep an eye on the stats as we go. Nice. We'll yeah, we should do that. Um, anything interesting yeah. comes up. All right. no, uh, Megan, how are you since last week, since we talked about Titanic? I'm fine. That's good. <laughs> Did you have a good New Year? Are you glad that it's 2024? I guess it's fine. I don't know. Right. I had to go back to work today. Oh, yeah. I had to go back yesterday. <laughs> I booked yesterday off because I don't know. I stay up till midnight on uh, New Year's Eve, but I don't stay up that late very often. So I find mm-hmm. I'm very tired and I'm like, if I go back on January 2nd, I regret it. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, I was definitely <laughs> dragging yesterday. So Yeah, well, I was dragging today, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> just delaying the inevitable well right hopefully you guys got to watch something good megan what's the best thing you watched since last week uh well on new year's eve i watched john wick three and four and uh i thought john wick four was pretty good mm-hmm. i mean they both were were good but i think i liked four better because mm-hmm. it had a lot of like um <laughs> there were some good you know fight scenes scene where they're fighting and in traffic i thought was pretty cool you know i love the arc, is that the arc de triomphe is it that one yes yeah, yeah. and then there's the stairs there's like an mm-hmm. overhead shot fight that reminded mm-hmm. me of taxi driver actually nice. um yeah it was good keanu is one of my favorites he's you know my my letterbox stats my top three stars are betty davis Keanu Reeves and Katherine Hepburn. I think three people who often get mentioned together. So yeah, this is quite a sandwich for Keanu. Yes, Katherine Hepburn briefly overtook him before I did the John Wick double feature, but now he's back. I I haven't seen four. I have seen three. I really I thought three was a lot of fun, but those movies like you can't take them too seriously. Um, but I am looking forward to four. I, I when I get to it eventually, maybe on my personal movie ladder this year. No, four is great. Um, I liked it. It's very epic. I, I think like mm-hmm. each one, I like each John Wick movie, and then I kind of forget them. But four has yeah. the most memorable stuff, I would say. Well, um, I was very like I, I'd seen the first two, but not in a while. And then I read the the plot summary on Wikipedia before I started the third one because I thought I don't really remember what happened. And mm-hmm. the third one does pick up exactly where the second one left off. So I was very happy that I had read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that they end it with four. But well, there is a John Wick five listed. Yeah, on I think Letterbox they already announced. Yeah, yes. they already yeah. announced five. So I yeah. don't see how. No, I know. That. I I wish that when I when four ended, I was like, this works. This is a yeah. good yeah. finale. Yeah, I know that the uh, Amazon Prime show was pretty poorly received that they tried to do with the Continental or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yep. Didn't yeah. watch that. All right, well, Brennan, yeah. speaking of not poorly received, what's the best thing you watched? Yeah, uh, a, a movie that I found to be incredibly well-received by me and a few other people whose Letterboxd opinion I appreciate, including your brother, um, caught up with a 2023 film that came out earlier last year that I had, like, really was waiting for it to become available on streaming. And finally, it was uh, on Paramount. I watched the latest Ari Aster film, Bo is Afraid, starring ah. Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Nathan Lane, Amy Ryan pops up in this. Um, I thought that this movie was absolutely captivating and incredible. I mean, it is over three hours long, but I never really felt the length because the movie divides itself up into sort of chapters 
of this epic odyssey that Joaquin Phoenix's character is going on. And it's sort of intentionally an exercise in anxiety. And then, like, letting that anxiety build up and then having a moment to breathe. And then letting it build up and then having a moment to breathe Mm. until the ending when it all just sort of unravels um, for his character. And I absolutely... um, adored this film like i i totally got what he was going for like it literally is a movie that feels like a character is undergoing like what it probably is like to have like a nightmare wrapped inside of a panic attack wrapped inside of like a full mental breakdown um i was absolutely captivated i think joaquin phoenix is absolutely phenomenal it's surprisingly funny it's got, like, and I've, I've listened to a couple of interviews with Ari Aster on different podcasts after I watched the movie, and he was, like, really happy with people who seemed to be appreciating the humor in it and the jokes that he, like, put in there. Apparently, there's, like, a couple of Ray Liotta tributes that I missed when I was watching it that he yeah. threw in there as, like, a tribute to Ray Liotta after his passing. And I was like, oh, that's really clever. I wish I had caught that. But, um, I didn't catch any of those. Uh, good reason to watch it again, I guess. Yeah. Megan, have so, you seen uh, it? Nope. No. Yeah. So apparently, there's a lot of background stuff like that is going to be really rewarding on a rewatch. So I, I would definitely rewatch it. The first of Ari Aster's three films, three major films that I would actually say that I would rewatch. <laughs> um, you know, with, uh, Hereditary and Midsommar are not high on my rewatch list, but mm-hmm. I would rewatch Bo is Afraid. Yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah, that both afraid. I did not enjoy while I was watching it. Um, there were parts of it that I liked. I, I liked how it started. It just like, once we hit, there's a, the style changes about midway through for a mm-hmm. segment. And once we hit about that spot, I was kind of just not in on the movie anymore. Um, but I read a Matt Singer review about it and that I kind of unlocked what the movie was going for that. Yeah. I like a little bit, it was just put into words what it was doing. Um, and that helped me, but it's a very odd movie. Um, but there's some stuff with waking up late for a flight that uh, definitely hit. I was like, yep. oh, yeah, that's yeah. I get that. Yep. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Best thing I watched this week it was not one of my F uh, cinema score movies that I watched for the Library Ladder Challenge. Can what, we double back say? for a second? It's really yes. funny um, with Bo is a grade because uh, so yesterday after I watched that movie on New Year's Day, I was walking out of my apartment yesterday and one of my neighbors had left their key in their door with their door closed, mm-hmm. like, on the hallway side. And I was like, oh, God. And so I, like, knocked on his door to, like, so that he could get his keys back and nobody would steal them. But I was like, it felt like a like a, like a a kismet, Bo was afraid type moment. Mm. Where I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, this if this guy loses his keys, he's effed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Good point. Yeah. No, good that's... non-sequitur. I mean, yeah. Well, speaking of F, F Cinema score, I feel like Bo was afraid could definitely – be one of the, there is not a cinema yeah. score for for Bo's Afraid because I nice. looked to see I was like oh maybe you could count yeah. this for your library yeah. ladder it doesn't uh no I will talk about the last movie I watched on Criterion cha- Challenge last week uh mm-hmm. and last year to be determined if I'm doing the Criterion Challenge again this year I haven't decided yet uh but that is Woman of the Year speaking of Catherine Kath- Hepburn who Megan just talked about um mm-hmm. I just found this movie just like delightfully charming and it was like it it was I had it on my list because it was one of the most like on that like AFI hundred laughs list. Mm-hmm. I didn't find it that I mean there are funny scenes, but it, it was much more of a drama than I thought it was expecting. It was not it was not so comedic. Um 
but there was like it's just got some great scenes where like the, the spencer tracy's character is um he's a sports reporter and so they he mm-hmm. starts they start interacting with each other because Catherine hepburn tess is that her name um in that movie i don't remember i think no. it is Yes, Tess Harding. Uh, she is like on a radio interview talking about like it's during World War II and she's talking about how like we shouldn't be caring about sports like the baseball doesn't matter. And so and then Spencer's uh, Sam, his character writes a writes an article about how like like slamming her opinion. And so they're like mm. these two journalists who both work for the same paper and they have this like, war of words that then turns into a whole like relationship and other things. Um, but it's just like this. There's a scene where Sam is, takes her to a baseball game, and I thought that scene really stood out. And then there's a scene at the end where um, she's cooking that is also very, very fun. And I think that's probably what got it on the list of the hundred laughs is that kitchen scene. Nice. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's it, it it's an interesting movie that challenges gender norms and gender roles, especially for 1942. Um, and I just. Uh, I don't know if it quite nails it at the end, but it, it attempts to do it throughout. So. Yeah, no, that's a good one. And that that the first movie that they made together, so that's how they met. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, also, it's directed by George Stevens, and I was looking at his filmography, and he has such an like he did Shane, Giant, Swing Time, Woman yep. of the Year, like oh. just a very uh, a really good the greatest story ever told, like just like a yep. a very diverse filmography. Yeah, I love George Stevens. Um, I watched Giant earlier this year, and it's just epic. It's earlier last year. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's a amazing part. It's kind of a long movie, so it's good that we were long-winded in our discussion of everything that is not. Yeah, because I mean, what what the fuck else is there to say? I mean, the Departed fucking rips. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, uh, I mean, Megan, I was looking back through Mm -hmm. all the times when this movie has been suggested. Mm-hmm. And it's often been suggested by you. I do love this movie. <laughs> you suggested it off the long goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, you said this isn't the strongest connection, but parts of the long goodbye remind of the departed. Um, you also up. suggest suggested it off the parallax view. Um, okay. Yeah. It's paranoia probably is why. Yep. Uh, no, there's a where his masculinity is questioned when he orders a non-alcoholic drink. Oh yeah. Which. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Grand so that's cranberry, cranberry juice. <laughs> juice. Yep. Um, and you said Departed just had its 15th anniversary last week, so a couple weeks or a couple years off of that. You also suggested it off Catch Me If You Can. That's an easy mm, one. Of that's course. Cast connections. Um, you suggested it off of Parenthood, and you said, well, it keeps coming up, and really you should have done it a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I don't really know what the connection is to Parenthood. You said, and you know, Parenthood how I was about... one of our last movies of the was our last movie of the year. Oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. why. Okay, yeah, so you yeah. said, oh, good. All right, so you suggested yeah, this yeah. As for our first movie, but this was a couple. This was would have been season Two three years ago. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's it for you suggesting it. But then Brennan and I also suggested it. I've suggested it a number of times. Yeah. Megan, um, uh, why did you? Why have you suggested this movie so often? Because it's awesome. I just. <laughs> it's like it's fun i don't know it's it's i just think it's a really well-made movie like it's this the screenplay is really good the way it's put together is great it's like it's funny it's also really really tense it -hmm. is very violent um i think the dialogue is like it's absurd like Mm -hmm. it's so over the top nobody Um, in this movie is good at their job they were all really, really I don't know. Matt Damon jobs. didn't get caught. Leo's good at his job. 
because he does get you know, he does get killed though. But you know, well, yeah, but that he I, he couldn't have anticipated that. But he's even like when they're on the subway and he's like, "Is there yeah. any chance you could have a tail?" And Queen Anne's like, "No, yeah, no, me like no. actually, yeah, he did." I yeah. I love that line. I wrote down that line specifically because of the imagery of rats. So I mean, obviously, there's yeah. the final shot as a yeah, rat, yeah. but there's just like so much rat stuff. I mean, we have um. We have Frank drawing the rat right yep. before that scene where he's drawing the picture of all the rats. And so the queen and says, I don't have a tail. Like, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. like, oh, uh, I'm like not a, a rat. You know, that's something yeah. a rat would say. A rat would be like, I don't have yeah, a tail. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yes, I, I I really like that. I almost thought about starting with, with that line to start off this this podcast. But, um, yeah. Then that right after right after queen and says he doesn't have a tail, he does have a tail and he gets caught yeah. and killed. Yep, exactly. I think what I really love most about this movie on this rewatch is the way Scorsese uses two actors in Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio who look just enough alike when they're clean shaven and put in their uniforms at the beginning and then under baseball caps when they're skulking around in the, you know, Boston streets in the dead of night that they almost could be the same person or brothers like they or brothers or they they look enough alike that like either one of them could turn out to be like the real villain of this movie or the real hero well like, yeah they're, I, I, they're I think... interchangeable all throughout this movie and i i love in the first hour when scorsese does like intentionally confuses you as to who is who a little bit by doing these quick cuts between, you know, Damon's orientation, Leo's orientation, Damon meeting uh meeting Vera Farmiga, Leo meeting Vera Farmiga, like Damon meeting Damon meeting Martin Sheen and uh Dingman, then Leo meeting them. Like he he's constantly like making you blur the lines between these two guys and which scene happened when and which one happened first. Yeah. Well, they, that yeah, it's really were they at the were they at were they at the the academy at the same time? Like I was trying to because they they cross cut it, but are they right. actually both in the same? Like I don't know if they were in the same class I'd or know, even at the same time. Because they would definitely have known each other, but right, they think, make it a little think, vague. Yeah, I think Colin Matt Damon might be a bit older. It seemed like like he was yeah. Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah, Colin Sullivan. But, um, yeah. Oh, his first name's Colin. Okay. Colin, yes. Yeah. Colin Did Sullivan. not realize his yeah. first name's Colin. Uh, yeah, Colin Sullivan. But the. The two, they are their lives are like paralleled for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's it it's like you see that Colin has this like you know he's got it great, mm-hmm. and Billy is just miserable all the time. Or like this the scene. Family, yeah. The most um, the 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 cut that stands out most to me is when, um, Colin and Madeline mm-hmm. are so Matt Damon and Vera Farmiga are on their date. Meanwhile, Billy is in the hospital getting his broken arm tended to. And basically, like, the nurse is the only human contact that he's had. Yep. And you kind of see him look at her sort of wistfully, like, ah, this is nice. Someone's touching my arm. Kind of, like, yep. you know, <laughs> it's yep. just, it's so sad. Um, Billy has a really crappy life. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I like I like the casting of Matt Damon as Colin because he's so, like, I think we typically think of Matt Damon as a good guy, right? Mm-hmm. 
Normally, yeah, I mean, he's always tried to go out of his way to play good guys between yeah. the he's on the Leo side of the whole born supremacy thing where he's the one, you know, that is undercover and being like blown up by his bosses. And then, you know, he's the good guy in the Martian. He's, tur- yeah. you know, he gets he the of, girl and, you know. Yeah. yeah, he kind of has like a sort of all-American kind of yeah, look exactly. to him. He's clean, clean cut and, and he his character is such a scumbag. Like he oh, yeah. is just a real and the you know the first scene where they're playing rugby and he's going on about how all the firefighters are homos and like yeah. he keeps saying it mm-hmm. and it's just like he's such a dick and yep. <laughs> he's yeah. really not likable nope. um whereas billy mm-hmm. and then you know they show things like when she tries to put that picture of her as a kid up in their apartment and colin's yep. like nope we're not having that yep. and then Billy goes to her apartment and is like, oh, yeah, of course this is you. And he puts it up higher on the wall. You know, that True, it's yeah. always a direct parallel between them. That yeah, scene, exactly. That scene, there's like two scenes that take place in um, Sullivan's apartment that with Vera Farmiga, with uh, Madeline, mm-hmm. like that one that you just mentioned. But then there's another one where she, she's like making reference to him, like not being able to get it up or not being able to finish the yeah. night before. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in that scene, like, because like this movie is so on the nose with some of the imagery, like the rat crawling across the banister at the end, and mm. she's holding a banana and she's yeah. like manipulating yeah. this banana and she's talking about him not being able to perform the night before. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's very on the nose. But um, yeah, that, that like those two start out, start out to me. I think the casting of Damon and uh, I almost said Damon and Affleck, da- Damon and Leo, but also. Mark Wahlberg, who yeah, kind of looks great. like them a little bit too. <laughs> he's um, literally well, playing an yeah. exaggerated version of himself. Well, that's and I, it. And yeah, so is yeah. Alec Baldwin, and so yeah. is Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think so Chester she, said that last yeah. week, right? That yeah. everybody in this movie is at a 10 in terms of self parody, yeah. which is exactly. correct. Which kind of ties to last week's episode on, on Titanic, because we talked about every, how every character was kind of car- like a cartoon character. And in yeah. this, it's like, the characters are, I mean, the accents are all like amped up, which is a little off putting on this watch where I was like, okay, the accents are like ridiculously Boston. Oh, yeah. Um, like ridiculously bad Boston. Like they all sound like Jake from Survivor. Um, <laughs> but what's wrong with that? What? <laughs> I don't know. They just like, they were all like, they were all like putting on like a, they, right, they, they were turned up like, like cartoonish. <laughs> but like, they but the whole like, movie not... is cartoonish. That's, yes. oh, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but to go back to the casting of uh, DiCaprio and Damon real quick, what I think works, and especially putting yourself back in 2006, is like they both were big stars. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were early-ish in their right. career, but they were, you know, they, this wasn't, they didn't cast um, the guy who plays Chase on 24, who's in this movie, uh, yeah. James, James Badge Dale. Like they didn't cast, yeah. yeah, he's not one of the leads because if it was two people who you only have to, it would be right. very different because you would get confused who is who but like DiCaprio and Matt Damon are so identifiable that even if they look similar you know who you're watching and you know which character it is and when there's so many characters to track it it is very effective and I'm sure you know also he wanted to cast movie stars in this movie so it's not like he did this as an artistic choice but it also helps because it's easier to track the story because you know which actor is which because they're so recognizable and they're also like yes they were both really big at this time but they were both in that sort of last step of their transition from playing young adults yeah. into Believe playing me, yeah. full-blown adult characters. Yep. Like, that's why they can get away with looking like like kids in their 20s in the beginning of the film, and then, boom, they are, like, full adults by the end. I do yeah, think— well, And it's like, 
this is sort of the last movie, especially for DiCaprio, yeah. where he no longer is going to play the Catch Me If You Can't kid. No, he can't pass for 16 anymore. He can't anymore. do it anymore. And so um, this is sort of the last gasp of yeah. that era of both actors. Which works yeah. really well for the characters. Yeah, for sure. They're both yep. sort of, like, they're influenced by these older men, but they're exactly. also, they're adults, but they're not totally confident in themselves yet. Sort of about their you know, loss of innocence, too. And I, I think that's why it really works that DiCaprio, you know, 15 years, you know, almost 20 years later, is going to take the role as the older bad guy in, in you know, in um, in uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, instead of playing the young FBI agent, which is what he initially wanted to do before the script was rewritten. You know what I mean? So it's, like, really interesting to see him, like, grow into taking the opposite sort of role in Killers of the Flower Moon that he that he does in this film. Yeah. I feel yeah. like, to comment on his looks real quick, mm-hmm. he's weirdly boyish in this movie still. Like, oh, yeah. yes, he's an adult, but I think he yeah, almost well, looks more boyish. Like, like, he looks like a kid dressed up as an adult in this movie. Yeah. And looks <laughs> more boyish to me in The Departed than he did in Titanic. Because he's got, like, this facial hair that's not totally grown in. And, like, he's mm-hmm. almost like Jake Lloyd looking. Like, if you see adult pictures of oh, Jake yeah, Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, I think it's haircut, it, too. It's a different haircut yeah, for him. Like he, yeah. Mm-hmm. He just looks, like, and I, I feel like it's gotta be intentional, where he looks like a, like yeah. a a kid cosplaying as an adult, which he is like cop cosplaying as a criminal. I mean, he's like, there is like so much of like yeah. people in disguise of what they really are, what their true intentions are. Well, and this guy, Billy, he is in over his head. Like he's handling like, it, but Billy. he is stressed all the time. Like it's a very, mm-hmm. I remember I actually went to see this movie with my dad, which I almost never went to the movies with my dad. Mm-hmm. But my dad, um, I couldn't tell you why, but he, he, my dad was like a journalist and he did all kinds of things in his career, but he told me that he had worked with guys who'd been undercover at one point. And Mm. he said he found the movie was pretty realistic in terms of like the effect that has on you. Like it's really disorienting and you're, you know, yeah. Like when he's asking for drugs cause he's going to kill himself and he can't sleep and Mm. like, yeah. yeah, that's another, um, scene, um, yeah, when he's in, in her office and she asks him, how do you feel or something? Mm-hmm. And you, it cuts to like scenes of him looking at photos of his dead mother and then <laughs> dealing with these horrible criminals that he's around all the time. And it's like, how do I feel? And it's really, mm-hmm. you know, they, they I guess it's they're <laughs> they're showing us not telling us. Right. That's right. good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, I do. Yeah, I just I really think I love the way this movie is put together. The way it cuts around is really effective, I think. I, I, so I watched the whole thing for the first time in a long time last night. I can't remember the last time I watched this movie when I watched it last night. And then I kind of like watched again, like the first half um, today, but didn't get, didn't get through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I, what I noticed last time when I was watching it was I was liking the first half, but I wasn't super into the first half. Like I remembered, but then I feel like a whole movie shifts like right around the time when they have the botched attempt on Frank um, and like everybody's everybody's um, like where they where their their uh, motivations are I feel like are a lot more revealed at that point yeah. um, and then I just think the movie like that last that second half of the movie really really harms yeah, with I like think... so many good scenes oh, yeah. as um, soon as and... Queenan dies it's like 
ridiculously done. tense after yeah, that. Yeah, it's done. I remember yeah, the first time I saw it was like, oh my gosh, it was like really, really intense and like no no idea what was going to happen. The suspense was crazy. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and I love too the, I feel like this movie is super highly stylized, but yeah. every scene is differently stylized. Like I keep going back mm-hmm. to the scene after the porn theater where Billy yeah. is chasing Sullivan and it's like, it's shot like, and especially for a movie that is, you know, based on an Asian film, like that is like a very like Asian, like neon looking scene. It looks like Blade Runner. And it looks like something straight out of it. It looks like that in the whole movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's scenes that are like Hitchcockian that have like big shadows and um and like when the scene where Queen and guys like the camera is completely like 90 degree flipped when he's running down the fire escape like mm-hmm. just every action scene in this looks totally different than other action scenes yeah. in the movie um and I just love like the the way that's like a style that is just very different we, you know those are eighth Scorsese movie I don't think any of the Scorsese movies have a style that's like this yeah. um, and I think this, this it's chaotic this yeah. movie yeah yeah. yeah. I think one of the things that I really appreciate is there is a little bit of narration at the beginning, but then he just totally abandons it. Like there, mm-hmm. there is a way that this movie could have just been another Goodfellas slash casino where you're getting constant narration from Costello and Dignan and, uh, you know, Sullivan and, and Castigan. And it's going like, and, and instead he lets the characters say things to each other rather than and show you with their actions rather than having narration they could feel like it's bogging down the the move the momentum of the plot a little well bit. and that's just like, like the, pro- I, the narration is just like in the prologue exactly so I and really not even the full this. not even the full prologue it's like the prologue yeah. and then we get the rest of the cold open that's not exactly. narrated yeah and then we get the departed like i don't know 20 minutes in the title card comes yeah. up or something like that mm-hmm. 15 20 yeah. minutes in mm-hmm. uh, is the name Costello Irish? Yeah, I, I yeah, Elvis Costello is. is Irish, right? Costello okay. is Irish, yes. Uh, the, Italian the, the, no, it does the sound mo- Italian, I agree. There's a, there's a famous mo- New York mobster named Fred Costello that who is very different from the Costello that is the Boston uh, mobster who this movie was based on. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, th- This movie was based on a real mobster named Whitey Bulger. They changed yep. the name to Fred Costello for the film. I think didn't Wayne Bulger die recently? Like I feel like he died. Um, after they, the yeah, movie he was out. missing for a really long time. Like he was on the FBI's most wanted for years and years and years, and they finally found him, and he died. Yeah. Uh, Twenty eighteen is when he. Died. Yeah. 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 So October thirtieth, right before Halloween. Uh, so one of the things Frank Costello is, you know, we find out later about halfway through the film that Frank Costello has been an uh, FBI informant. Like he's also a rat yes. on the mafia. Yeah. But I, I don't quite understand how that, like, who was he informing to? I mean, he's informing so he's to the informing FBI, to the FBI about? about the mob in Providence. So he's informing about the mob's movements and activities in Providence. Well, he, he mm-hmm. claims that he yeah. never told them anything they didn't already know, right? Correct, yeah. So I think he's so. informing on everyone. I think that's kind of the point of this movie yeah. is that really, like, cops are criminals. What's the difference? Yeah. There is no difference. Literally. There's yeah. cops who are criminals. There's criminals who are cops. It seems like yeah. everyone is undercover. Yeah, if it's, anyone it's had looked hard enough, they all would have figured out exactly what was going like, on. But nobody bothered to really like look closely enough, including like like there's a moment like we were talking about the scene where they're doing the surveillance in the botched drop off with the uh, Asian gang, and there's this scene where Matt Damon 
calls Costello in the middle of the freaking warehouse where they're about to do the raid to warn him. And, like, Martin Sheen just walks up to him and is, like, this close to putting it together. You know, Cleveland uh, almost puts together that Sullivan is the rat, but doesn't quite get there. And it's like, but you want him to, and you think for a while that maybe he figured it out, but he definitely did not. You know? yeah, do you think all that slop? Do you think all that sloppiness is intentional in this movie? Because like I that, think so. Yeah. I asked Megan, not you. Which uh, sloppiness? Well, I didn't hear like, you say that Megan. Sloppiness, so. like, well, the 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 amount of times that people are like having conversations in front of like on the phone in front of other people, like mm-hmm. that sloppiness by and it happens with everybody. Like, there's conversations out in public. I mean, every single character is having these conversations. Where I'm watching the movie, I'm like, wouldn't somebody like these? These guys are all like pretty involved. Like, wouldn't somebody notice? Like, wouldn't Queen and Mm. have heard him and be like, why are you calling your dad right before about to do this raid? Like, that makes yeah. no sense. And then he says, and then when Sullivan says, like, my friends are still coming, it's like, oh, that's clearly a code. Yeah. Like, why, you, why would that make no sense? Um, it's like so nobody wants like, to know that? the truth. Right. You know? I don't know. That, that stuff, like, I just thought it was, I don't know. It felt, it felt like it, it did take the movie uh, down a little bit for me, actually. Like, I felt like there was stuff that just, like, logically, I was like, Okay, like you would overhear that and you would put the pieces together. So that's why I was asking you, Megan, if you think that Scorsese did that intentionally or if it's just like convenience for the plot. I'm sure it's just plot convenience, but who knows? I mean, I think part of the point of this movie, though, is that, you know, crime and law enforcement, have they have to both be there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they both have to be kind of idiots. Well, right? the, the, the point is there's no the there's no need for law enforcement if there's sense. no crime. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole power structure set up around law enforcement. So it's really to their benefit that crime is still around. Mm-hmm. And I do think this movie is kind of, it, it seems like a, a, you know, cop thriller or whatever, but it's actually kind of subverting that because the cops are just as corrupt, really. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Queenan, but. <laughs> but we, not Dignam, we see. But, uh, there might be stuff. Well, that, exactly, that's true, too. Like, Dignam shows up to kill Colin at the end. Okay, we assume he did that to get revenge for Queenan. Yeah. But maybe he's just tidying up a loose end. We don't know. We don't know. Mm -hmm. And that ambiguity is something you have to live with, you know. I I like living in the ambiguity ambiguity of these films, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I think the end, in the end is, is obviously the iconic... It's the iconic stuff from this movie, right? Where it's just like everybody's going to get killed at the end of this movie. Yeah. And ha- I think it's I really like exciting. It's a Hamlet ending. Yeah. Mm, okay. It is yeah, very much a Hamlet good. ending. Yeah. Everyone dies. Everyone um, dies. And I, I think like it all makes sense. But then I do think the Digman stuff, I mean, I guess he was just taking uh, revenge. But like, could it be that Digman like, was informing and was undercover for somebody else that we didn't see through this movie? Well, the whole thing is like before. Like right after Leo gets shot in the elevator, the other guy that Leo got shot. Him... <laughs> Shut up. Costigan gets shot in the elevator when he's being when he's escorting Sullivan down. And the other cop that, that shoots him and lets Sullivan go is like, what, you thought you were the only one undercover for for Frank? And so yeah, mm-hmm. it makes you question at the very end, if you think back to that scene, was Dignan also a, um, or Dingham, or however you say it, Dignan. also an Dignan, informant yeah. 
for Costello. Like once mm-hmm. he planted there by Costello also. I mean, I, were, I kind of, I know. kind of, I don't really think the movie is implying that, but like it's, but yeah. it could be, who knows? Yeah. I know I mean, I'm the one who mentioned it, but <laughs> I've never, no, I've never actually thought the movie was implying that. I mean, but. right after he kills Sullivan though, we see the rat crawl across. Right. I mean, yeah. so like, yeah. but so I, 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 I've always rat. thought yeah. Dignam left the rat there as a message. Hmm. But I don't. Oh, I thought it was just a rat that was crawling on the building. <laughs> it, do, it seems like we can sort of, you know, we can we can probably assume that um, Billy is actually a good guy. Queenan seems like he's actually yeah. a good guy. And then the Anthony Anderson character seemed like yes. he was a good guy. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, Dignam, I, I do think Dignam is a good guy. But other than that, we don't know. He's I just mean, Dignam, Dignam's the, just a hothead. Dignam's a jerk. Yeah, he but is absolutely a jerk. He's Mark yeah. Wahlberg, you know? Yeah. yeah. He And he is so, like... <laughs> He's so Wahlberg. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, like, the Alec Baldwin character seems to have figured out Sullivan is a rat, but chooses to ignore it. You think? Like, he willingly ignores it. He's like, you know what? But it doesn't matter. Because we're going to... I don't know if I agree gonna... with that. Yeah. He seems to have kind of figured it out. Like, but I don't know. Yeah, it's... Um, one be. one shot of him that I really like is when he puts his he's he's talking to Sullivan about halfway through the movie and he yeah. slams his head down into like a bowl of ice water. But oh, it, yeah, that yeah. shot is the exact like it's like the Scarface shot that you would expect him to be doing that into a pile of cocaine. Yeah. And then he's like like every time like I and I saw that both times I watched this movie that shot I'm just like oh it looks just like he's putting his head down into drugs but it's just like a yeah, he's putting his face into ice water for whatever reason to like refresh himself or something. Weirdo. Um, I think my favorite moment of him is when they're uh, at the microprocessors scene where oh, yeah. he's like, Michael he's like, you want to smoke? You don't smoke, do you? What are you, some kind of health nut? I'll go fuck yourself. You know, he yeah. just yeah. like, it's so, it's so the I I've said it I've said it already, but the dialogue in this movie like it's so over the top, like crude, mm-hmm. but it's like. It is Shakespearean. It's like, yeah. it's really well written crudeness. Yeah. Vulgarity. It's body. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, I mean, there's certain, there's some very quotable lines in the movie for sure. For My sure. favorite is maybe, maybe not, maybe fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. That was. I thought about that one as an opener. I do like. There's the scene, and you talked about it. Like, what's the difference between criminals and cops? And there is the line right in the beginning where Frank says, you know, what you've got when you're facing a loaded gun, what's the difference? And it really is like a thesis of this movie. I think they say what's the difference several times throughout the movie. And the Mm. other line that gets repeated, well, variations on it is, you know me. Do you know me? You know know who I am. You know me. And it's Mm -hmm. it's like, but do you? (laughs) You know, nobody really knows anyone. Yeah. Who really knows anybody? Yeah. 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 There's and, you know other there's lots of good lines. You know I think Ray Winstone is really good in this. Like he's very funny and his character is just kind of weird and like, but you know his whole thing with it. There's guys you can hit and there's guys you can't hit. And I'm here to tell you that's not quite a guy you can't hit. It's not quite a but guy. It's you almost. Can't hit. Yeah, it's <laughs> almost a guy you can't hit. Um, I think my my favorite line and I thought Zach might use this for the opening until he told me not to tell him what to do. Uh, I love the I love the Wahlberg line of. I'm the guy who does his yeah. job. You must be the other guy. It's yeah. like one of the best, like it's literally like that sums up Wahlberg's character in this movie. Just that attitude. 
mm-hmm. is like so perfect. I yeah. but, well, there's a good and there's a good Alec Baldwin line too, where he says yeah. like uh, Sergeant Dignam has his own style, and we'll all just have to get used to it. Or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he definitely does. I mean, he's he's very different yeah. than any other character in this movie. Like just that like that level of rage that he yeah. has, and his hair is like. It's not, a, it's not again like all over the place. Yeah, it's not a hairstyle that we normally see on Mark Wahlberg. And it's like no. weirdly black too. Like it's like yeah. di- it looks like it's dyed. Um and it just I, like he's it's like he's and he's always standing, at least in the beginning, yeah. right? He's standing next yeah. to Queen and he's just like his like he's like his Dwight, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like Michael I Scott sitting in the desk. That's true. Oh my gosh. That's true. I, I like when he I think he calls Billy a lace curtain motherfucker twice. <laughs> yeah. That really makes me laugh. Yeah. Yeah, I love the scene where he's vetting Billy and is like, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, your uncle, he was a piece of shit, you know. Like, yeah, you yeah, get you a piece of shit too. You? Like, you did didn't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in the that whole the stuff about fathers in this too. Yeah. That yes. um, you know, Billy's father was seemingly like a good guy. Like guy. His, yeah. Right. His uncle, his cousin, are criminals. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that we get like Frank is a, is hey, we don't see. Do we ever see Sullivan's dad? Like Sullivan's dad no, is the guy who runs that. No. Sullivan the diner, calls right? Costello his dad. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, we don't. Yes. I guess maybe Sullivan didn't have a dad. Did his dad? No, die? Sullivan didn't have know. a dad. Yeah. Because yeah. um, we see when we first see kid Sullivan. Yes. Which Ooh, really could be that kid could be that could be a young version of Leonardo DiCaprio. Could be a mm-hmm. young version of. And you of don't know. Mark I think like, he looks like a young Mark Wahlberg person. Yes, that's who I thought it was going to be at the beginning because I totally forgotten kind of what happened in this yeah. movie, and. The other thing, you know, like they, they all that they all are kind of similar looking. Like this could have been any one yeah. of them. And we see like there's like a group of kids at the beginning that Frank is talking to. Yeah. And I mean, probably one of those kids was the James Badge, you know, could his name's Berrigan in this. Like yeah. could, he could have been one of those kids too, that like Frank was raising all of these disciples. And right. we we only see it through our couple main characters' eyes. Um, but yeah, I just like that and that we go back to that diner later, right? That we mm-hmm. see like the diner and the diner has like is more decrepit. It's not as nice looking as it was when we see yeah, it in the flashback. It's more of a convenience store. Yeah, diner. it's like a weird I keep calling it a diner. It's more of like a I guess it's like a soda fountain, really, is what yeah. it would be considered. Um so uh yeah, it's something else I was gonna jump to and I um lost it. So, oh, yes, I do know. Okay, um, Frank gets referred to, you just, this is when you talked about him being called his father. So Frank, yep. like, there's there's allusions to, like, fathers, mm-hmm. kings. Um, we have a character named Queen in, like, Queen, literally in his name, and God as well. And, like, that, like Frank yeah. is, like, the devil, and I think mm-hmm. he gets referred to as, as a god. We see imagery. I mean, it's Scorsese, of course, we're going to see Catholic imagery, but we see Catholic imagery. So mm-hmm. I just thought, like, all of those, you know, like you, there's so many different ways you can look at like the power dynamics and the power games that are being played. And like this is, is this game of chess between all of these people is this, um, you know, is this religion, is this family, like all of the different ways that power dynamics are reflected in this movie. Well, and he sure. starts the, the narration from Frank at the beginning. He starts off by saying we, we used to have the church. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, And then, you know, the mob. I guess kind of takes off that there's an I'm sure there's a line in the Irishman about this too that they like the union takes on a similar role I couldn't I was trying to look for the quote I couldn't find it but then Frank really really hates the church yeah there's a whole thing near the beginning with Frank and the two priests that are sitting in the diner and he's like you know 
we we used to actually like the church until like you guys started diddling little boys. Basically. Well, and he also like, he, yeah. his whole thing is that the church tries to keep you down yeah. in your place, and he doesn't. You know, he wants to yeah. take it. That's what he says, right? You make your own. Yeah. That's like a uh, um, Billy Zane said in Titanic: "You make your own luck," right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but I mean, the irony, I guess, is that Frank is very much in charge of his crew. Right, exactly. And you and can't defy him the same way you can't defy the church. So. He's doing the same things, yeah. just in a different way, you know, with the manipulation yes. of these young men that he turns into criminals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, yeah. I love uh, I love Frank's bucket hat. I think we see it a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, Where's the bucket hat? Incredible. Um, yeah. Are we going to be doing the killer next week because of the bucket hat? <laughs> does he wear a bucket hat in About Schmidt, Jack Nicholson? I, I, that I, sounds right. Not that yeah, I would I ever suggest imagine. an Alexander Payne movie. Yeah. But, uh... um, I also really like so speaking of the bucket hat scene where he, this is when they do have the like botched attempt to get Frank when he's when mm-hmm. he's meeting with the Chinese gang. Um, he opens up the briefcase of the microprocessors, and I'm going to just say it normally. Microprocessors. Yes. And uh, one thing is, I love that the microprocessors come from the mass processor plant. Like that's what it's called, and I just thought that was like really like very funny. Yes, exactly. That was a very funny joke that was in there. And then he opens up the briefcase with all of the fake microprocessors in there, and there's a nameplate on the inside of the briefcase that says microprocessors. Like it just (laughs) straight out of The Simpsons. Uh, Hilarious. Yeah. Um, I I I love the like you know like lots of jokes on letterbox about microprocessors i was talking to mac yeah. earlier and we told there's, we were doing the departed and he said oh microprocessors like it's just like the thing yeah, like there's a perfect there's a really good uh letterbox review that i think we'll read when we go to the overall letterbox reviews uh in the post credits so stay stay tuned for that if you want more about the microprocessors. oh referencing the post credits yeah my people don't know that um yeah there uh, is a credit scene i also in that scene in mm-hmm. that scene, uh, I don't I don't have written down who said it. I think it was Queen Anne who said, we'll be at war with the Chinese in 20 years. Yeah, um, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> we're 18 years, <laughs> away. We're 18 years from this movie, so two more <laughs> years. Until, I, mean, it's like, I hope that. we have all the microprocessors. I know, right. we have the microprocessors. <laughs> I also, yeah. like, I love the implication that, like, this, like, relatively small crime is yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. like what's going to cause World War Three because well, Frank Costello gave the Chinese some microprocessors. But like, it's also really, that's like World War Three. It's also like this is the thing that you know, uh, Castigan says to, um, to Queenan, like, why does it have to be this? Why? I mean, you've seen how many people he's killed, and he's like, you know, Queenan is like, this is just the way things are done. And if you look at the history of how the FBI took down organized crime all across yeah. the country it was from things like getting them for tax evasion true yeah mm-hmm. you know it's the little it's the little stupid crimes that mm-hmm. you could fold into a rico case not one big murder and so that's like this is sort of scorsese playing with that same notion you know i mean isn't that i mean without spoiling it doesn't that tie to the movie that scorsese just made like yeah, taking down but, for like what yeah. small, you know, not the big yeah. crimes. What they're taking the down small for, crimes. like something yeah. else. Yeah. Um, True. Yeah. I uh, I also love like we haven't talked too much about cell phones in this, but this is just like so <laughs> perfectly pre-smartphone. Oh yeah, like, yeah. It just like. <laughs> I, I love one that of everybody has Nokia flip phones. Yeah, yeah everybody yeah. has the everybody has like the Sprint flip phone but and yeah. like 
the text, but the texting you could do in your pocket because you can feel the buttons. Oh, yeah. Uh, bad. I still think that would be really film. hard, though. Yeah, I was, yeah. I'm like, I was amazed that he was able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would do short messages like that. Uh, the thing that drives me nuts, which is something that still drives me nuts, is I'm like, turn your ringer off. Like, yeah. actually, you know, if you're undercover, like, have cell phones turn your ringer they, off. They didn't, they didn't remember because they, you know, people still forget to turn their ringers off. Oh, for sure. At, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Broadway shows. So, yeah. I know, but this is so high stakes. Like, if your phone goes off, I mean, you I get shot. Phone on silent, but, you know. But they're yeah. not used to it. They're not used to cell phone technology. True, it's too true. advanced for them at this point. Yeah. Um, no, and I do love, like, there's, like, the multiple cell phones. I think we see Sullivan changing SIM cards at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That it's scene, like, the you, the opening line you use, you called this number from a dead man's phone, or that scene mm-hmm. where the phone rings is yeah. incredibly stressful okay. to watch. Yeah. And they're just, there's no, nobody says anything. Like, they just are both, they yeah. can hear the other person, person, the person breathing, yeah. and they both know, like, it's, and that's where, I, that's when I really get into this movie, yeah, is when yeah. we have, like, the layers of duplicity between the characters, and they're, like, yeah. they've, like, doubled back. And on top of I, that, we have the layers of duplicity not just with the crime, but with the affair that's going on too, yes. with mm-hmm. with uh, with Marion. Once he figures out, um, Madeline. Yeah, Madeline. Once he like, figures out that Billy is good to see his own like fiance, you know, mm-hmm. it's like he's. I don't think he ever figures it out though. No, no. not quite. But, no. it's but close, Billy yeah. and I don't. Does Billy know that she's dating? No, and, neither no, one not of them knows. Right, no. so they're both in the dark. She's the only one yeah. who knows about both of them. Correct. And uh, the closest, the closest. Damon's character Sullivan comes to figuring it out is in that final scene where they're the final scene in the police station where it's post, you know, Queenan's death and post Costello's death and they're doing like the debrief and he goes to try to delete his file. And that's another of those like really quiet moments where Mm -hmm. Billy is sitting in the office waiting to for Sullivan to come back and he starts sort of putting it together because he sees the envelope that he wrote out. Mm-hmm. To Costello, with where he corrected the spelling of citizens for Citizens Bank, and, well, he, I, th- and I don't think it was Citizens Bank. I no, think it was citizens that were citizens in trust. Oh, okay. But but Got Billy it. said, but what you're saying, what you're getting yeah. at is that Billy says my only contact the last six months has been a police shrink. The shrink, yeah, the police mm-hmm. shrink. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was getting at. And then you and then you have this like quiet tension as the camera goes to uh, Sullivan sitting in the computer room. Basically debating whether or not he's going to delete this cop's entire life. And then you slowly see Castigan come from the office behind him and, like, stare through the window. And you're like, is he going to confront him? Is he going to confront him? And it gets, like, super tense. And he just runs out instead. Mm-hmm. And it's so Well, and that's the yeah. about deleting Castigan's life is yeah. set up Dickman earlier in the movie. Yep. Says to says to Castian, he said, "I can just delete your file, and nobody exactly. will know You're that nobody. you were ever a cop, and yeah, exactly. you'll just be a petty criminal." Yep. Yeah, I think um, to go back to the cell phones, mm-hmm. that the shot of the cell phone like vibrating on the table, yep. I to me that made me think of the Jurassic Park, the shot of the glass of water in the car. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then mm-hmm. we talked a lot about Jurassic Park when we were talking about Titanic, because I think. Like, I just was thinking that this this is, like, the sign of a director who really knows what he's doing, right? Because, like, these small things can create mm-hmm. a lot of tension. And I think and from Titanic, um, the example when Mr. Andrews feels the ship shudder after it hits yeah. the iceberg. And he looks up yeah. and he sees the, the chandelier. Uh, yeah. Like the, yeah. And he realizes what's happening. Those little subtle moments are so effective. 
and like yeah i just think you know spielberg cameron and scorsese obviously three like masters who mm-hmm. really know how to get a lot out of those little things all right well i think that's a really good place to move on to feedback and uh, that taking small things and making them very tense i think that's a good way to sum up this movie uh so we will get into feedback connections and other times when this movie's come up all that good stuff uh but first we're gonna kick things off with the box office we haven't talked about every time this movie's come up just you suggested it i'm sorry Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a couple other ones um movie opened at number one on october 6 2006 and then dropped to number two and secondly just barely uh losing out to the grudge yeah, Halloween, Halloween movies. I remember. So, okay, yeah. so I remember going to see The Departed. I also went to see The Grudge, the one with uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yep. Yeah, also, I remember. A I remake to... of an Asian film, isn't it? <laughs> That's it is, is that... a yes. Japanese. Yeah. Infernal Affairs is Chinese, and and what you call it, The Grudge, is <laughs> <laughs> a Japanese horror film. <laughs> have you seen Infernal Affairs? We didn't talk about it. I have seen Infernal Affairs. I have never seen Infernal Affairs, but uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I just watched the first one, and it's very it's a very different tone. It's it. uh, it's mm-hmm. I mean I don't obviously I don't like speak Chinese, so I don't know. Maybe I was missing the humor, but I found it to be very very serious compared to The Departed. Um, and it's okay. not nearly as like fast moving. Yeah, I mean I, this this script was bought by you know Brad Pitt who was originally going to star in it with Leo. And he was like, actually, you need a younger actor for this, but I'll still produce it. And so they went and got Damon. Um, yeah. And so then, and I mean, Brad Pitt, he did win an Oscar for producing this, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. that was his first, uh, for his his first Oscar, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just looking at other movies that came out the same week, The Departed, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre to the beginning, Employee of the Month and Trailer Park Boys, the movie all came out this week. CanCon. Trailer Park Boys and Jackass number two were both in the theater at the same time, which feel like similar movies to me. Um, I have no idea what Trailer Park Boys is, so no. Oh, it's, uh, like, it's a Canadian TV show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, no other movies that we've done um, are in the box office at the time when this yeah, came not out. Yeah, uh, not until week three, I believe. Okay. Yep. Nice. What was week three, do you remember? Uh, week three of... It's the Prestige, uh, right? Prestige, yep, the Prestige. Ah, Prestige, nice. I remember Prestige. we talked about this on the Prestige podcast. We did. Oh, yes, that makes did. sense. Cool. All right. Um, yeah, and Oscar-wise, this movie won Best Picture, of course. Um, and I don't have, I what else did it win? Director. It was Scorsese's only Best Director Oscar thus far. Yeah, uh, one, wonderful acceptance because he got greeted by, you know, Francis Ford yes. Coppola and George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were yes. all on stage to give him his Best Director Award. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful moment. Like, that I would have loved good. to have been at the after party just to, like, hang out with those four and hear like them like patting each other on the back that, honestly you know? like yeah yeah i would a dream of mine i would love to just talk about movies with marty scorsese i think that would be a very fun afternoon <laughs> if you could make it happen yep. <laughs> also one best adapted screenplay as well um the Mark only Wahlberg, acting performance yeah. nominated was Wahlberg. yeah because um, leo was nominated for blood diamond i think yes the problem was that they weren't they didn't want to put him I think they put him up for supporting for this because they didn't want to put him against Matt Damon yeah they, um but I mean they really are sort of co-leads yeah I would um, that. Yeah. yeah I would yeah definitely they're, I mean they're uh, not supporting and a fun little tie to last week also nominated for best actress 
was Kate Winslet. So Leo mm-hmm. and Kate Winslet both nominated for in Little Children, right? Yep, for Little Children, yeah. very good. Mm-hmm. And ah, what's interesting? Here's a here's a ladder for you. Um, Leo nominated for Blood Diamond. Kate Winslet nominated for Little Children. Jennifer Connelly is in both those films. Whoa. There you go. Um, also, Kate Blanchett nominated as well, who was yeah. an aviator with Leonardo yes. DiCaprio. With Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. Um, yeah, uh, that actually brings up, so I did have like a note that I jotted down from the IMDb trivia because mm. I was trying to find something else from that. And I saw a really fun, and so I, I probably should save it for connections, but I'm just, since we're talking about Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio, I'll talk about it now. And this note says, 1997 was a, was a significant year for the four main actors of this film. Mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio started Titanic, yep. which would go on to be the second highest grossing movie of all time and win 11 Academy Awards. Matt Damon won an Academy Award for Best Original yep. Screenplay yes. and hunting. got the Best Actor nod for Good Will Hunting. He was yep. beaten for Best Actor by Jack Nicholson for As Good As It Gets. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, we Mark, haven't even Mark talked Wahlberg, about Nicholson in this film. But... And lastly, Mark Wahlberg stepped into the limelight in the critically oh, acclaimed yeah. Boogie Nights. All which Leo was true. supposed to do, right? Leo was originally going to do Boogie Nights. Leo was originally supposed to do Boogie Nights, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. so yep. very, yep. a very well, lattery, lattery pair. Very lattery. Right. lattery, we, lattery we haven't really talked yeah. about Jack Nicholson. and Like, at all. Yeah, and I feel like I can, this role to me was written for De Niro. Like, I can totally yeah, imagine the, thing it was. the way De Niro would play this character, yep. which is very different than the way Nicholson, like, I enjoy Agreed, Nicholson yeah. in the movie. But to me, this is such a De Niro role. It really mm-hmm. is. He's basically, he would be redoing Jimmy Conway from be, Goodfellas. I mean, he would um, be great in this role. He would have been fantastic, but he turned it down to direct The Good Shepherd. So With Matt what Damon. Do you do? Yeah. Yeah. And so what I actually, <laughs> more what I read <laughs> yeah. when I was looking, when I found this thing, I also mm-hmm. saw, there were some casting what ifs on there. And one of the things was that they originally they wanted Robert De Niro not for the Frank role, yeah. but, but for the Queen, Queen in role. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I still, I just, to um, no, me, I like, the Frank character just screams De Niro to me. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think he would have been good. Which um, yeah. yeah, I, I like Martin that we Sheen is really great more... with Queen. And, and yeah, Martin I, I Sheen, like this is a good Martin yeah. Sheen role for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, yeah, like Nicholson is like, he's a, he's a mix of like a mob guy and the Joker in this movie, right? Yeah, like the exactly. way that he acts, yeah. he's so outlandish. I mean, like the, the drawing, the like, uh, the smells like a rat, like when uh, when uh, uh, Billy shows up and they're sitting at the table, yeah. and then mm-hmm. the like the when they at the porn at the porn theater where yeah, he pulls so like he has like a dildo hanging out of his yeah. of his, uh, <laughs> his jacket, and and he almost gets shot by Sullivan yeah. from it. Like it was just like so well, wacky I mean, the way that he's acting. Oh, it's an it's a totally like unhinged performance. If I can mm-hmm. for sure use that word, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, and on like the the cocaine scene where he's with like the two women mm-hmm. and they're just like like that's another scene where the style is completely different than anything else in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, the drug shootout scene that's another part part where I wrote down like the style of that drug shootout scene being very different. Like it's a lot of like freeze frame, like almost like what you see like, on, like the a end. police procedural. Yeah, where it's yeah. like oh, yeah. um, where where Frank gets killed. Like there's mm-hmm. like things will happen and then it freezes yeah. and it does yeah, like really a half cool. second like. But I think so. don't they, like at the when um after the phone call scene, I think they start when when Billy's sort of packing his bag, get the hell out because he thinks mm-hmm. he's caught. Um, they start speeding it up, right? It, it's yeah. it's like uh, yeah, it's really there's a lot of there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing stylistically that didn't work for me uh, was everything on the rooftop. Those scenes are great, 
but it looks it's like the room like the background of the rooftop <laughs> looks so fake like there's just like a highlight around them it's just like a very bad like green screen cgi um for the it's just like the lighting is way off i feel like so that like uh, even on a even on a grainy dvd it looked bad to me so i don't know didn't seem like a bother either of you no not really <laughs> i thought they were really outside yeah, I thought it was like. No, it, it really did not. It was just so bright to me. It just did I did not hit uh, her. I did not. Yeah. yeah, no, it reminds me of the room. But I did, I do love the way Sullivan's apartment looks, speaking of light yeah. and like the natural light coming in. I really um, love the juxtaposition when he's outside on the phone and she's inside staring at him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's that's really well done. I and she that. calls yeah. him on his bullshit immediately. She's like, oh, yeah. this guy's lying to me. Like, your, yeah, yeah, yeah. your boss has one of those, which call it, like a cancer thing or whatever. Like, cancer speaking, guy. Um, <laughs> you didn't tell me that yeah. a boss was a cancer guy. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I love that. And, like, you can see her, like, that scene that you're talking about. Like, you can see her in the background just staring at him. Like, she's, like, what the hell is what she's, she's yeah. much smarter than, you know, than he's giving yeah. her credit for. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Uh, well, let's see what we got for feedback and all kick right. things off. Oh, we only have a couple of things in the feedback box. Um, all right. All right. Uh, Ron kicks us off and he says, I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my product to be, sorry, I want my environment to be a product of me. I doubt many movies work well when you rewatch them twice within a month, but this mm-hmm. one really does the layers yeah. unraveling slightly differently. Five stars from Ron. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, yeah I, this agree. Is a, I find this a very rewatchable movie for sure. Mentally, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I've yeah. seen it 11 times or something. I saw a lot of logs from you on Letterboxd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I watched it not that long ago because I did my big, like, uh, you know, great directors series last year. And yep. I, I, the last time I watched it, I was like loving it so much. So, yeah. yeah I thought, why sense. don't I watch this more often? Yeah. There you go. I do think like the, yeah, I think it almost is better to watch it more frequently, like in quicker succession than like me having, I don't know, maybe, maybe I haven't seen this since it last came out or like at least since like 2010. And like, mm-hmm. To not have watched it in so long, it almost was maybe like less invested because I was like not yeah. remembering everything that happened. Picking, watching I think it, you're watching it, picking things apart a little more. Yeah. Maybe well, we I mean, that's probably also. Next week. I might finish it after we get off this podcast because it's still an hour of it left. So, yeah. uh, and the last hour is so good. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, Brennan, what does Alex O have? Uh, Alex O writes it. It says, I always expect to like this more than I do. It's still really good, though. Just not top notch for me. And the cast is a plus. Even Mark Wahlberg, who I usually don't like, four stars from Alex O. So with only two people writing in, it's going to be a 4.5 from the listeners. So there you go. Get those, get those um, feedbacks in. Yeah, get get those feedbacks in if you want to hear see the score change at all for better or for worse. Um, yeah, I think that this film is, yeah, immensely rewatchable. The cast is absolutely a plus. I mean... I do think this is also my favorite Mark Wahlberg role. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of, you know, I mean, no. maybe aside from Boogie Nights. Um, yeah. I mean, fear, fear is one that I just love. I think we're going to be together forever. Yeah. I think he's very good in fear. Yeah, he is very good at fear. That's Reese, Reese Witherspoon, right? Yeah, that was like one of his first roles. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, super yeah. unhinged in that. Uh, yeah. Speaking of unhinged, he just goes crazy. Or not, uh, yeah, it is Reese Witherspoon. Who no, is it? You just made me. There's somebody who does a, a Mark Wahlberg. Is it Josh Wiegler? It's Josh Wiegler. Yeah. Yeah. We're it's gonna, so funny. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> I mean, so does Andy Sam. I feel like Andy yeah. Samberg also with the uh, does, Say hi to your yeah. mother for me. Say hi to your mother for me. Yeah. I kept like finishing all of the Mark Wahlberg stuff with like, say hey to your mother for me because it was right there. It was all right there on every line. 
was so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so right. four point five from the listeners. Um, Megan, uh, where are you at on this? Uh, oh, five stars. Nice. I don't know. This is one of my favorites. I don't know if it's my favorite Scorsese. It might be. Okay. Um, it probably, well, it probably is. Yeah. So, you know, and he's nice. my favorite and it's one of my favorite Leo movies and he's my favorite. So oh. all in Where all. Where does this land on your Scorsese list? Like well, I just your, said, I think it's my favorite. It's your number one of every Scorsese I'm, movie? Maybe. Eight. Yes. I, I have a hard time picking, but it probably is. I, I like this. I rewatch this a lot. I also really love Gangs of New York. Um, yeah. 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 It's yeah, hard. So it's, it's hard to write. It is hard. Um, I have this as my third favorite Scorsese behind Goodfellas and The Last Waltz. I do have this oh. as my favorite movie of 2006. Uh, and that's why I still have to give it a five. I still think that this movie just absolutely rips from beginning yeah. to end the performances are all fantastic like you can nitpick little things about it but a lot of the like pacing and especially like the editing stuff that i picked up on this watch with damon and leo especially at the beginning all feels so cleverly edited together and intentional and also like the score wasn't as like some people can like rip on Scorsese for having sort of obnoxious soundtracks that are just oh, too much. I like And I think that this movie, I think that this movie does a really good job of not overusing the songs that it uses or <laughs> making the moments too big with like an yeah. outrageous needle drop. Instead, it's things like Sweet Dreams by Patsy Klein, mm -hmm. which is like just a beautiful song that I love every time. I think this this movie's a five. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this movie's still a five. I think, uh, and I'm shipping up to Boston is like, yeah, is is I, such a good music cue in this movie. And I like, yeah. I maybe I'm wrong. I don't think it was that well known of a song before, right? Right. So it's not like Gimme Shelter, where you're like, oh, it's Gimme Shelter, that's, but that's it's the like, departed. Yeah. right, right, yeah. Or right. It's the Scorsese song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I do think like uh, shipping up to Boston is pretty synonymous with this movie. Now you hear yeah, it a I lot of sporting so, yeah. events. I feel like. Um, but only after and like bars, right? But after, yeah. right after this, um, yeah. And I really like the uh, comfortably numb needle drop, which yes, I think was I Van so good. That's um, uh, by Van Morrison and the band. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of like very uh, notable iconography in this, it's like the there is a simmering tea kettle, right? As they're like <laughs> emotions, like their sexual tension is simmering. Uh, yeah. Between between Madeline and and. Costigan, so and we are um, pretty sure that yeah. the baby was Billy's, right? Oh yeah, 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 hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. I do think, especially with the scene where she like calls out him not being able to yeah. finish, I do oh, think yeah. you're kind of planning, planning, uh, lack of better term, planting the seed for that. So oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um, well, I hate to bring the mood down, but I, I like this a lot. Um, I like the mm. second half. I'm like somewhere between a four and a four and a half, though. I'm not. A, it's not a full five for me. Um. I think, like, I did nitpick stuff of this because I'm just like, there's things that I'm like, if this is if this is such a successful, if Frank is such a successful criminal, like he's awfully sloppy with the way that Costian is able to like infiltrate. Um, and I mean, so in Sullivan is also sloppy. So like, I'd love it if there was like, this is some sort of commentary, and that's why they're sloppy. But I do think it's just sort of like now the, the plot needs to keep. It moving. feels realistic. Um, I mean, to me. Well, it, it, 
if they're that and sloppy. It's but... just it's just Boston, right? It's not like right. they're international mafioso or whatever. It's right, like, right, right. Yeah, it's I just the think local like the... crime empire in Boston. <laughs> Sometimes in this movie, cops and criminals are able to like tail really well, and other times, like Costigan can meet with Queen in in public and nobody knows like when they meet under the bridge and when he you mm-hmm. know they do comment he does mention like if people saw you hit me like i'd have to arrest you know like they, they do comment a little bit but like especially some of the stuff with the phones like people would under would overhear these conversations it's just it's just i don't know it's just like just kind of hooked me some of that stuff i don't know i think i would have been completely fooled by his clever high dad code yeah <laughs> really good to know I mean, I wouldn't like um, if I thought someone was talking to his dad. I don't think I'd be like, "Oh, that's very suspicious." Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. yeah. Um, I think I'll give this a four and a half because it's been fun to talk this through. I do think like I don't know what more I would want from a movie like this. Um, I think like you know, I don't know where this falls in my Scorsese rankings. I don't. Um, it's it's pretty high for me, I think. But like, I think it's. I do think Killers of Flower Moon was a little bit um better crafted. Than this maybe um yeah i don't know okay but yeah i i don't i don't want to rank scorsese so i'll get this four and a half just for sake of keeping things well uh with two four point fives and two fives that's gonna be a four point seven five which uh, is still gonna be a five for letterbox is that i mean that it, that's higher than is that higher than treasure of the sierra madre last year i think it is um uh-huh. Last year, yeah, tre- our number one movie last year was Treasure of the Sierra Madre, which was a 4.76. So this is very, very close to that. Um, Going to be a tough one to beat. We're definitely well, starting cer- off the year with a banger. Yeah. There's a certain uh, there's a certain listener who gave this a three and a half and a three on Letterboxd who didn't yeah, write well, in. Well, he didn't write um, in, though. But he didn't Chester, write in. Don't Chester count. should, Chester Don't should count. have written in because he said this is, like, one of his favorite movies. So, Chester, if you're out there, write in yeah. with your five-star rating. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, maybe it's just that everybody's a little bit slow from New Year's. Um, Everyone's still drunk, yeah. you think? Everyone's still drunk. Could be, yeah. Could be. Uh, well, but Olin, do, Olin does call, call out The Wire in his Letterboxd review, which is, um, <laughs> I also Fair mentioned enough. that earlier. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's got, he, he has another movie listed in his Letterboxd review to be determined if he has movie suggestions that he sent in and include that or not. So, um, all right. Uh, connection. Oh, uh, Hero of the Movie. Uh, I'm going to give it to the editing. I think yeah. that the editing is what really won the movie for me last night on my rewatch. Uh, so I'm going to give it to the editing. I'm, I also was going to say Thelma Schoonmaker. The woman is a legend. She's brilliant. You know, she, I think she, she, she won the Oscar for Raging Bull, right? And Scorsese yeah. didn't. And I think she always says she feels like it's really his, like they share the Oscar kind of, cause they work, right. they do work very closely together. I know. Um, but I mean, she's like, what can you say? <laughs> Thelma Schoonmaker. Yeah. Seven timer, seven, seven timers club. Although it does look like she mostly only does Scorsese movies. I think yeah. that I love. Yeah. So. Pretty much permanently works with him, but they obviously have a very solid working relationship. And I think, yeah. I don't know. She, she, I was actually just on YouTube before this and I started watching a video where she talked about putting this movie together and like, yeah, she, um, what was I going to say? She talks a lot about working with him. Like, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. If, ever, whenever there's like a bonus documentary on a DVD of one of his movies, she's always interviewed. She says he basically can, I think he must have a photographic memory. She says that he can remember a piece of music 
and he'll remember like where he first heard it and what he was doing and this kind of thing. So yeah, anyway, it's interesting listening to her talk about working with him. Well, she will never be able to catch him in terms of appearances on this podcast unless we do the snowman. Because that's the only movie that she edited that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there is. It. We could direct. connect to it next week. I mean, Mr. Policeman, uh, we gave you all the clues. <laughs> uh, I never saw the snowman, so we can never did either. One point eight letterbox score for the snowman. Ooh. That's pretty <laughs> oh, bad yeah. for letterboxd. Uh, so, yeah, Zach, what's your hero of the movie? Uh, all right. Mine's Digman. Uh, Digman. Because somebody might he's the survivor at the end. Yeah, I mean, the layers, it's, it's very hard to pick. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably should give it to Scorsese, but I'm going to give it to a character. Oh, not Larry. He's the one he's who survives the, at the end. Who's the guy who comes in at the end of Hamlet? Is it Fortinbras? I forget. It's the guy who comes in and is Laertes. like, I'm going to restore no. order. No, Laertes dies. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, right. Yeah, Fortinbras. Yeah. I think that's right. Sounds right, yeah. It's, he's, he's, yeah he okay. comes in and gives the little speech at the end. That's mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> There's no speech, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. He speaks with his actions. Um, all right. Well, uh, we don't have any connections to do because uh, the first movie of this year. Not too much. I mean, we, Although, have Le- we have Leo, obviously. Um, well, there's no connections. Huh? There's no connections to this there's No. To last week, we can talk about how Leo was in the last movie last week. I mean, come on. True. All right. So that's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, movie map then. Tough guy. I, I went I went with the prestige. Nice. Um. <laughs> Like it's dueling protagonists trying to yeah. find the truth about each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And also they came Very out good. the same year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. Hey, what's yours, Brendan? Yep. Uh, I said Inception, um, just because it's Leo in the lead and yada yada. Um, did I have another one? Uh, yeah, that's you know, the big one for me. I was, Inception. I was gonna say Inception, but then I realized that I was thinking an Inception would be the movie Mac to Titanic because my connection mm. was gonna be that. Uh, you know, in Inception, uh, Dom has to let go of Mal, just yeah. the way Rose has to let go of Jack. Uh, mm, it's true. But then I was like, wait, I'm not connecting to Titanic. What right. are we talking <sighs> Yep. Uh, I'm going to do American Hustle. There I go. think it's definitely a better version of a movie than American Hustle, but I do think, like, all of the duplicity and undercoverness. Um, the undercover so. stuff. Good call. Yep. And it's like people we've got pretending like to be Christian Bale. Yeah, we've got Christian Bale who's in a lot of uh, who's in a lot of Nolan movies. We've got Inception with Leo, as you talked about. But then also Jeremy Renner, who kind mm-hmm. of like is the ringer with like market corrected. Maybe Matt Damon a little bit. I mean, literally took uh, over for him in oh, the yeah. Bourne movies or yeah, whatever. So also seems to have market corrected um, um, Mark Wahlberg a little bit too. But true, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And maybe you could even say like there's like a Mark Wahlberg Bradley Cooper. I feel yeah. like you could probably. True. Uh, and speaking of, uh, well, I'll, I'll save that, but Christian yeah. Bale, there's another potential connection there. So uh, other times when this movie came up, uh, Brennan, you suggested it off Boogie Nights. Uh, you suggested it off The Prestige. So good job yep. on that movie map. Uh, I suggested it off American Hustle. Good job on my movie map. Yeah. And, uh, oh, this is a fun one. Uh, when Tim was our guest, when Shout Up Tim was our guest, he suggested it off Ratatouille, which is a very fun connection. I do oh, Rats. That's very yeah, funny. That is yes, pretty rat. good, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. You <laughs> That's one Shout Up Yeah, then I suggested <laughs> it last week off of Departed. Yeah, anybody want to change your movie map to Ratatouille? It is pretty good. Nope. It's pretty funny, though. Yep. Um, rats in the kitchen. He does, doesn't he talk about Cheesy pretty food? fucking rats. 
Doesn't he talk about French food in the dinner scene too? With yes. Vera Farmiga? Oh, Duck Larange, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Duck Larange and all that. That, yeah. that dessert is like. Yeah. That was weird. Craziest looking it. dessert I've ever seen. I need it. Yeah. I, need I it. won't lie. I need it. Why not? Would yeah. you shoot it if it moved? <laughs> <laughs> I'd shoot it and then I'd eat it. Yeah, I don't own a gun, so. <laughs> shoot it with your eyes and then eat it. So. Um, all right. Uh, Title connection? One last thing. Oh. Uh, Oh, title, title connection. Yeah, title, title, title connection. connection. What do we um, usually do for title connections? For so I have members? one really funny one and one serious one um, to sort of kick it off. Uh, I thought that it would be funny if we did spoiler alert, Leo dies at the end. Oh. But we can't do that, obviously. So I thought that shipping Leo is a good mm. title connection to start with. Shipping, that's good. Yep. Shipping Leo. Yeah, that's good. I, yep. I, Since uh, we're shipping yeah. up to Boston. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did have, like, shipping up to Boston as my connection, but I don't think that's necessarily... I think shipping Leo, since Leo was in Titanic, we just, you know... And he is shipping. Yeah, that's good. Do you have a better one, Megan? Nope. Okay, cool. Yeah, last year our title connection for Top Gun Maverick was the fastest man in the world. Yep. Um, which I don't know what how that connected to Casino, though. I don't remember either. Yeah, Robert De Niro, very Maybe we didn't. I don't remember. That was a year yeah. ago. All right. Um, yeah, yep. no, no. All right. Well, shipping Leo, that works. Shipping Leo um, to Boston. Ship Maybe we ship him to Boston. Not just shipping, shipping Leo. Shipping. Okay, got it. Shipping cool. Leo is good enough. All right. All right. One last thing. One last thing. Uh, yeah. I have um, a ridiculous right. one. Okay, go for it. Okay, so after the scene where, you know, the first scene where he's wearing the wire in Frank's apartment and yes. then he, like, strips it off. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. on the phone with them, and he goes, "No wires ever." Oh yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Is this no a reference to Mommy ever. Dearest? Yes. <laughs> no wire hangers ever. Ever. No <laughs> fucking wire hangers. How many times I gotta tell you? Man, I feel so left out. I've never seen Mommy Dearest. <laughs> oh, well, it's it's campy. You could put it on your library. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, summer um, camp. Nice. Oh jeez! I thought you were gonna go with um, I think my favorite costume moment of the entire movie is right after he goes and meets his cousin and does the um, like says, "Do you know where I can score?" or whatever, where he's trying to get in with the gang, and he's wearing his baseball cap backwards. Yeah, and he's trying to look like he's <laughs> like fitting into the neighborhood with his backwards baseball cap, and he like passes some cops, and he's like. Yeah, this isn't working at all. And he just like corrects his hat to be facing forward and never wears it backwards again through the rest of the movie. True. Yeah, like I'm like, awesome. way to go, bro. Can I you did a good job. Sean Sean Corrigan, who plays his cousin. Yeah. Who's also yeah. in Goodfellas. Yes. But he is very, very funny in The Departed too. Yeah. Some of his reactions when when they're like, You are never gonna do another drug deal with your idiot cousin. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He's really good too. Yeah. He says, so my, Jackie uh, was excellent. I love that delivery. Yes. So uh, my official one last thing is, um, so Scorsese did approach his buddy Ray Liotta to be in this movie. Um, Ray Liotta turned it down due to other commitments. So I was curious where you would slot Ray Liotta into this film. What part? Um, hmm. I have an idea. Yeah, I would but, say in the Alec Baldwin role. Yeah, that's exactly oh. where I would put him. Yeah, I would put him into the Alabama world. I, think, I didn't yeah. think of that. 
That makes sense. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Yeah, or maybe the Ray Winstone role also. Yeah, that was uh-huh. my first yeah. thought, but I don't, that would be, I don't know, that's not a really like, I don't know if that's flashy a good part. For yeah, it's yeah, not a flashy part. Like, if well, it was Ray Winstone Niro, makes it kind of flashy, but it's yeah. flashy because it's not flashy in a way. Right. You see what I mean? But like, if Ray it Liotta, was De Niro and then it was Ray Liotta as his number two, that would be fun. That would be a little fun, but you know. Yeah. Maybe Harvey Keitel. Yeah. But Ray Winstone is so good, though. Yeah. 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 Um, mine is like, so I've been thinking a lot about the title, The Departed, right? Yes. And we do get references to people who die. Yeah, um, it's on the, you know, it's on the funeral like the card at his mom's funeral. Yeah. Yep. Holds the faithful departed. Yep. Yes. And, and who was the departed? I think somebody says, so we do have the word yeah. departed said a couple times in this movie. But I was looking at the poster and the poster breaks the departed up. It's the D-E-P-A-R-T-E-D. And I was looking at that last one, P-A-R-T. And if you rearrange the letters, you get rat in the middle of the word departed. And I do wonder if that is like an intentional, intentionally including the word rat. I don't know what else you could do. What is it? Like all the letters are mixed up. They do survivor all the time. Like, uh, yeah. Like, I don't know if you do rat and then can you anagram the rest of the letters to be, uh, I mean, you almost could have dead, but you don't, you have deed. Um, yeah. So if somebody wants to anagram, take rat out and then do the D-E-P-E-D. Uh, tell me what you get. So. Hmm. I don't know. But yes, I do, I do like that rat shows up in the word. Yeah. And it's scrambled, which makes sense because they're undercover rats. So And also go. trap um, is in there. Yep. Oh, true. Yep. Trap is even better. Trap is like just rat straight trap. backwards. It's in order. Also, Ted. Yeah. Rat. Ted. <laughs> it's a reference. Uh, save that for the title <laughs> connection <laughs> to next week. <laughs> also, yeah. I, I, I do love Madeline listening to the CD of like the yeah. recording of him really like yeah. that she has it's like very much like american psycho she has they have this like huge stereo and she has headphones connected to oh, it yeah, and yeah. she's standing like who, it's so unpractical to have giant headphones connected to a stereo that you just like have to stand there with it's like you're in right. a harmony house or a yeah. tower records or something listening to well, it didn't have samples. bluetooth then no, no I know, that's but, true it hadn't been invented yeah they could have just put it over the speakers but um yeah that it ruins all right color. well with that that's the departed uh, ranked very highly, one out of one so far in the year in terms of scores, uh, but lots of room to change if we get some listener averages in. Yep, some scores in. And let's see what we're shipping next week. So once we do get connections in from listeners, and uh, we pick from listeners and hosts, uh, send us your feedback and next movie suggestions for movie number three on the year uh, at Ladder Movie on Twitter and Instagram, MovieLadder at gmail.com. And of course, check out Letterbox where we have. Four years of suggested movies on that watch list. The yes. ever-growing watch list. Yes. All right. Uh, ooh, here's one. We haven't had a, we haven't had an email from Travis Payne in a while, I feel like. Yeah, it's going to really He followed time. me on Letterboxd, I think. Yeah. I noticed that. Oh, I think he followed me on Letterboxd as well. Yes. Um, nice. Hope he's doing the Library Ladder Challenge. And he suggests Spotlight, a best picture set in Boston to follow The Departed. Yep. And it has, uh, you know, pedophile priests. Yep. Oh, true. Yep. There we go. Okay. Uh, be your title connection. Turn off, uh, everybody to download that. Yes. Uh, Ron has gangs in New York. Marty, Leo, Irish American gangs. Get them into the nine timers club. Marty and Leo. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Infernal Affairs, the earlier Korean version of the department. I think it was Hong Kong version. Of the yeah, it is Hong Kong. Uh, and he says internal. It's infernal. Yeah. And I, I do wonder about that. And if we do Infernal Affairs next week, I'd be interested to know, like, that is a funny pun, Infernal Affairs. Like, it's Internal yes. Affairs. But, it's, but, like, that's 
English. So how, I mean, maybe that's just a translation, but I just think it's it interesting that assume, joke came yeah. through. I don't know. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's interesting that came through. Uh, and then the Untouchables, take, taking on a major gang. Yep, I had that on my list. Yep. Since I had Infernal Affairs and Untouchables on my list. Yes. Also says another Nicholson 2000s movie about Schmidt. Mm-hmm. The movie The Departed is based on Infernal Affairs. Another mm-hmm. movie set around Boston, Manchester by the sea. Mm-hmm. Impressive. Also has some awesome good. Very good. connections. Uh, Jim Crumley says, I'm not going to be able to rewatch in time. Probably because Jim Crumley is watching the end of the 32 Fans Survivor Fantasy League Final <laughs> Tribal Council. That was last night. Oh, boy. I, too, was watching that. Very long. Uh, and But his wrong, he did send it in. The verdict. Sidney Lumet's film set in Boston involving or starring Paul Newman as a troubled attorney that gets involved in a case involving corruption. Yep. I really like the verdict. When I watched Very that. good film. Yep. And then my brother Aaron has Mystic River, deals with themes in tr- of trust and betrayal while also dealing with a crime syndicate. Also, I believe that takes place in Boston, Mystic River. It's, I think so. For sure. Black Mass. Deals with cops and criminals working with uh, deals with criminals working with cops. Also, Brennan just added a note. It's Frank Costello biopic with Depp as Whitey Bulger. Yes. Sorry, but it's a Whitey Bulger biopic. I mistyped yeah. Um, and then his last one, the last detail. Yep. A great yeah. Hal Ashby film starring Jack Nicholson. There you go. Yep. More ships in that. I believe. It looks like it's very seen. Navy. Yep. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Megan, you get to go first. Well, what I did was I picked a movie for each of the lead actors. Oh, nice. that's so, smart. Yeah. I, like I'm, I, I guess I only have, um, I mean, I, I'll technically only have four, but I could throw in a fifth one if you want. Okay, yeah. so for Jack Nicholson, went with Batman because he plays a crazed villain. Yep. yep. For Leo, I'm going to suggest um, Body of Lies, which also ha- the screenplay for The Departed was written by William Monaghan, yep. who also wrote the screenplay for Body of Lies. That's and yeah, he's not, I don't think he's undercover in that, but he is like a stressed out field agent. So it's mm. kind of similar. And actually, we were talking before about how Leo doesn't look boyish anymore. I remember seeing Body of Lies and I thought, okay, this is the first time where I see him. And I think that's a, that's like actually a grown man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for Matt Damon, the talented Mr. Ripley, because he is yep. an imposter pretending to be someone he's not. That's another bad guy Matt Damon role. Yep. Um, and then from Mark Wahlberg, I'm the guy who does the job. You must be the other guy. Mark Wahlberg is in The Other Guy. The Other Guys. Nice. I love that. Okay. And so for my fifth, I will throw in a fifth and I'll do another Matt Damon movie, Contagion, because I feel like that is also a very paranoid movie. Plus it it co-stars someone from Titanic, namely Kate Winslet. Mm. So those are my suggestions. And we can watch it as we're heading towards the fourth anniversary of COVID. Yay. Which means I haven't watched that movie in four years. I I watched it at the beginning of COVID, too. And I was like, oh, wow, this is very accurate. I think that movie, wasn't that movie like number one on the Apple (laughs) chart or whatever? It's a good movie. I know the Rewalk did an episode. It is. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. All right, Brendan. All right. uh, Young Matt Damon gets involved with a group of criminals. Uh, He pretends to be somebody he isn't quite often in Ocean's Eleven. Um, we mentioned it earlier when we were talking about Oscars and all the 1997 stuff. How about Matt Damon's uh, Best Original Screenplay Oscar and Best Actor nominee in Goodwill Hunting? Uh, let's do another Boston crime movie. 
Uh, let's go from Damon to Affleck and the town. One movie on my list. First one I wrote down. Uh, let's go with Cops versus Criminals. This time moving to New York in American Gangster. Hmm. I know that lot. has come up before. I feel like. Yeah, yep. That was 2007, so that was just a year after this. Yep. I believe there's also might be a cast connection to that movie, I think. Yep. And I will nominate a Leo Blindspot for me, uh, one that's good on my watch list forever. Uh, let's do Blood Diamond. Yeah, same year. Mm. Yep. Same year. He got that, nominated. Yeah. He got nominated for that instead of this. Mm-hmm. I think. I that, mean. Yeah. I think The Departed is. It was like it's still one of his best performances in oh, my yeah. opinion. I mean, much more culturally relevant too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also uh, Blood Diamond. They had a trailer for that before the DVD to The Departed. Uh, it was one of the trailers that I had. Hey, figure, hey you're watching right. this, Leo. Maybe yep. here's another one. Damn. All right. Well, I have a ton on my list. Uh, okay. I don't know. How, I don't even know where to start. Let's start with Chinatown. Jack Nicholson. Nice. We have the scene in Chinatown in this movie. Yep. Um, crime, cops, detectives. Uh, I guess not conspiracy. cops, detectives. Um, yeah, big conspiracy. Um, let's go with White Heat. That was uh, that was actually the movie that Olin mentioned as well um, in his mm-hmm. review. But um, taking out a gangster undercover, I've never seen it, but it's um, James Cagney, I believe. Yep, Cagney. I might be wrong. Okay, very good Sweet. stuff. I was uh, all right. Uh, next one on my list. Let's go with the fighter. Boston, Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale, mm-hmm. nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Yep. Um, I don't remember it except seeing in the theaters, but I don't remember a ton about it. Um, a detective movie that has a lot of cell phone stuff in it, and Brennan hasn't seen it. I think it, I know it's on movie. Um, might be able to rent it other places. That's Decision to Leave. Yes. I just recently watched it, but um, and let's see what else do I want to do off my list? I have so many to pick from. Um, one more. Let's go with We on the Night. Mark Wahlberg cop movie. I think it was two thousand seven. Uh, it's him and Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. So, um, all right. Nice. Go ahead and read what we got, Brendan. Joaquin Phoenix. All right. We have Spotlight, Gangs of New York, Infernal Affairs, The Untouchables, About Schmidt, Infernal Affairs again, Manchester by the Sea, The Verdict, Mystic River, Black Mass, The Last Detail, Batman, Body of Lies, Talented Mr. Ripley, The Other Guys, Contagion, Ocean's Eleven, Good Will Hunting, The Town, American Gangster, Blood Diamond, Chinatown, White Heat, The Fighter, Decision to Leave, and We Own the Night. Zach, you get to go first. Oh. Right. Nice. Uh, we're just going to do affairs. I think it'd be fun to watch. Uh, I know we'll do, we'll do two. We'll do one of each. Okay. Yeah, one, one, one. Let's it's beginning of the year. Let's let's kick off with a bang. We'll do big one. big time. Okay. Infernal Affairs is my listener pick. Okay. Cool. All right. I will uh for listener pick, I will go with the untouchables. Um makes a lot of sense. Uh a lot of undercover dudes. Yeah. A lot of uh, big investigation down, against the gang. Um, yep. Taking down the gangster. Yep. Yeah, taking down the gangster. Yep. Um, uh, crime, and that one is De Niro as the titular gangster instead of Nicholson. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I'll 
I'm going to take Mystic River just because nice. I, I saw it when it came out. haven't seen it since. Mm-hmm. Also, I believe it takes place in Boston, right? We think so. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was, it was 2003. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, off from... of your lists, I yep. will take... Um, American Gangster, because that was the year later. I feel like I should have done the town, but that's okay. I'll do the, I'll do American Gangster. I do like it's a uh, like a, a you know a duality story. You know, two two characters chasing each other over yep. a period of time. Uh, that's um, Roland and Denzel Washington. Uh, yeah, yeah. Russell that was a year after this. That was so Russell Crowe. I thought it was Josh Brolin. No, it's Russell Crowe. Uh, uh, both are in that. Yes, but Russell, Russell Crowe is the main. Actor. Russell Crowe. Okay, yes. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yes. I don't know why I always think it's Brolin's movie. I don't. Idris Elba, awesome. Yep. That movie. And oh, and Kevin Corrigan is in that. There we go. Um, we just nice. talked about. Uh, I will take the talented Mr. Ripley. I can't see it and not take it. Um, because I've been thinking a lot about that movie lately with another movie that recently came mm-hmm. out to streaming. Uh, so yeah, talented Mr. I was gonna Ripley. Say, are we gonna be doing Saltburn in two weeks? Yeah, <laughs> it could be. Oh, we could be. Um, yeah. All right, Megan, take us home. What is your off of our lists i guess i will take chinatown nice another one Always that i haven't seen in a long time it's just chinatown megan just chinatown. heard like yeah well i said chinatown well i said chinatown is like when people post those like uh use the force harry yeah. you know like where they mix up like live it like live long and prosper harry or whatever yeah. um all right infernal affairs uh, that is streaming, um, yep. Brendan. Yeah, Touchables. Criterion Channel. Criterion Channel, very good, Megan. Yep. Yes. What's in uh, the, the Untouchables is... Paramount. Yeah, Untouchables. Um, yes, some versions of Paramount Plus. Hard to yeah. tell if it's all of them. Also, MGM Plus. Yep. Mystic River is streaming. Netflix. Netflix. Did you look or did you just... Guessing, I'm that? guessing, I'm guessing. Relax. Nice, very good. Uh, American Gangster is streaming. Uh, HBO Max. Very good. I swear you're, you're cheating. Uh, is your town of Mr. Ripley is streaming. Netflix. Oh, uh, if you got that right, I was going to definitely. Oh, damn it. Uh, Paramount Plus. I haven't looked one. it up lately, it, so yeah. Uh, Chinatown is streaming like a million places. Yeah, uh, probably on Max, probably on Tubi, Hoopla, uh, see, no, You're doing so good. It's on Netflix, yeah. it's on Canopy, it's on Hoopla, it's on Paramount Plus. That's it, Hoopla? Okay. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> said to me all right so uh streamability not really an issue except with untouchables um right no because you said that was on paramount it's weird it's like paramount on apple and paramount on prime but i don't know if it's on actual paramount weird i don't know if it's okay. on paramount, paramount. And i don't know where things are for uh like paramount i don't know okay. where things are for canada I, nice. I don't. yeah i mean i know that i have a talented mr ripley on my pvr because it was on tv Nice. So that would be nice for me. And then something, okay. I think The Untouchables is on Paramount Plus. Yeah. I think it is because I think I saw it when I was scrolling around looking for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on Friday. <laughs> but it is, I mean, it's on the Canadian one. Yeah. And then I'm just going to check, hang on, the criteria. Uh, yeah, it does look like it's, it does look like it's on Paramount Plus. Yep, it is. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what else? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, everything is pretty available. Um, I like all of these options. Um, I mean, most of them are gangster films or some version of another, except for Talented Mr. Ripley. 
Um, I kind of feel like talented. I mean, while it does have duplicity and it has Matt Damon, I don't think it's like the best connection. So I feel like if we're looking to eliminate some, I would probably toss that one. But um, okay. I, if you want to, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, someday, someday we will Ripley. I mean, that, that's fine by me. Um, I just couldn't not take it, you know? <laughs> I thought it was a good connection. I thought it was a pretty great connection. I mean, we have to, we have to start eliminating somehow though. Fair enough. Um, All right. What All of want? these are movies I've seen except for Infernal Affairs. Um, do we just I mean, do the straight copy and do Infernal Affairs and see where that takes us? I mean, sure. Tony Leung is in Infernal Affairs. Yeah, I think that's and I just fun. don't know I, if he's it's going to be... Um, I just don't know if it'll be a rehash of our discussion from this week, and I don't think it will. Um, I remember it being quite different. Quite different? Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the one thing I, I'm going to just throw out here. as we're Okay. We are now three weeks in a row with Megan the Librarian. We are so close to Megan the Librarian month. Did <laughs> Megan the Librarian come back for Infernal Affairs? Or is there a movie of this bunch that she would come back for, even if it's talented Mr. Ripley? Uh, because I, I feel like we got to complete the month. <laughs> what do you guys think? Mostly Megan. Well, it's only week two. I don't think Titanic counts for the month because it was in seven. Oh, it's like a crossover. We have two weeks previously <laughs> this week. Ne- Megan the Librarian is a time lord? Okay. Uh-huh, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to put you on the spot. I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't have, the only plans I have for next Wednesday uh, is I have to take Philip to the groomer, but that's Aww. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, All right. Uh, I think that, it, okay, if, if I were going to pick between two of these six, I would say American Gangster or Infernal Affairs. That's what I'm going to throw up. Those are my one, two. What about everybody else? Okay. I don't remember where American Gangster is streaming. Hang on, check. Max here. I don't know if it's Max for you. We don't have Max. Um, there is no Max in Canada. Good point. Oh, that's unfortunate. I love Max. It's uh, uh Rentable only. Russell Crowe's or Denzel Washington's character is named Frank in American Gangster. Yep. Um, that's that's long. From Southeast Asia. It is a little long. It's two and a half. Um, well, I mean, we just watched it two and a half. Hours, I sort of. So. We did. I I kind of want to watch the Untouchables. Uh, oh, I don't know why. I just haven't, I haven't watched it since a, a very long time. I don't even really like really liking it that much. But um, I, I mean, it yeah, is, this is like the most boring podcasting because we're just yeah. You know, I mean, Sean Connery podcast. plays an Irish cop who's like you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This is tough. To um, the random number generator, we go. Yep. Um, okay. Well, are you gonna put all uh, six random in? Random number one to yep. Random number one to six. Okay. Oh boy, this is boring. <laughs> Let fate decide and our choice. Should have just rolled a six yeah, and decided fit. die, bro. Yes. American Gangster. Really? Scott's American Gangster. That's where we're doing. Hey now. American Gangster. Yep. I get right. Do like Russell Crowe. Kevin Corrigan also. Okay. That's, yeah, we got a cast connection to this. We got a guy named Frank. We got Josh Brolin, who Brendan. Okay. Likes, um, cool. All right. American Gangster it is. Um, that is streaming on Max. Megan, is, is it streaming somewhere in Canada? It's on Prime, but I don't have Prime. Ah, gotcha. And it's on Crave Star. Oh, wait. No, that's okay. Sorry. I'm looking at the Untouchables. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I can rent it. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, Thanks. sweet. Great to, great to have you back four weeks in a row. <laughs> and, uh, American Gangster coming up next week. Denzel Washington, Russell Crowe whole bunch of other people in a crime epic about gangsters. We'll find out if it's really that epic.
Um, <laughs> oh, we didn't do this. Brennan, what, what were your honorable mentions? Honorable mentions. As we um, this to the end now. Yeah, we have another um, cop and a criminal. Uh, these two are brothers. Uh, Colin Farrell, I believe, is in this uh, Pride and Glory. Um, also thought about Gone, Baby Gone, uh, crime movie set in Boston. Um, what else do I have? History of Violence. Um, That's up in the, yeah, up in the air for mm-hmm. Vera Farmiga. Um, uh, L.A. Confidential. Uh, Patriot Games for Mark Wahlberg in, um, sorry, Patriot Day for Mark Wahlberg yeah. in Boston. Um, what else? Uh, Easter Promises. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Oh, I bring it out the dead, quick in the dead. Jackie Brown, Serpico, Letters from Iwo Jima for the 2007 Oscars, Face Off for people going undercover, Pain and Gain for Crazy Wahlberg, Uh, any of the Bourne movies, Standoff at Sparrow Creek, or Audition, which Audition played, that was the movie on the TV in Sullivan's apartment. Yes, Um, it was. I was trying to figure out, that's why I went on IMDb to begin with, because I was like, what movie is he watching? Because I want to suggest that, and it turns out it was Audition. No idea why he was watching Audition, it's very random. He's a freak. So, all right. Well, next week we're watching American Gangster. You didn't um, ask me for my own. You didn't have any. I was just going to say, did you have any on yours? <laughs> the only one I, I had that wasn't taken used by... List. No, the only one I had that wasn't taken was The Basketball Diaries because it's Leo and Marco. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that. Nice. Mm-hmm. Talk about boyish charm. Never, I've never seen that either, actually. Oh. There you well, go. There you go. Maybe another week. It has right. like, like a bunch of people from The Sopranos in it, too. Well, or at least like Lorraine Bracco and... Uh, I think Michael Imperioli is in it. And what's the other guy? One of those enforcer type guys shows up briefly. Interesting. Yeah. I knew that. Um, all right. Well, what are you guys looking forward to watching this week? Uh, I've got a couple of, uh, well, I mean, time to start the Criterion Challenge for the year. Uh, oh, the yeah, first right. movie up is a movie called The Earrings of Madame De, dot, dot, dot. Uh, streaming on Criterion. It's a 50s movie. I'm going to use the first couple of weeks of Criterion to knock out some more 50s blind spots ahead of uh, Film Squatting Madness. So it's that and Stromboli from 1950 as well. Uh, going to watch both of those this weekend. Nice. There you go. Megan, how about you? Um, well, I'm doing the uh, ninth annual Letterboxd season challenge, which is nice. it goes over two years. So it's like it's like the school year, basically. So I've already done half of it. But to start second half, it's um, uh, Lynn week, I think. And it's a movie featuring a famous Lynn. This is where I got the idea for the Philip part of the library ladder challenge. But anyway, I am oh, watching nice. a movie directed by Lynn Ramsey. So I'm watching Ratcatcher. Nice. And also, I decided to do my own personal movie ladder this year. I think I'm going to start it with Persona. Yeah, because I didn't mention it earlier. Um, Bows of Grave was my first movie and my personal movie ladder for the year. So I'm probably doing Mother next, but I might take some Mother. time before I get into Mother. <laughs> well, I thought, I mean, yeah. Persona, this again is me thinking about May, December, because Todd gotcha. Haynes said that Persona yep. was an influence on that. So, Yep. Persona is so good. Never seen it. Nice. Yep. Um, yeah, for me, what am I going to watch this week? I should have this. Uh, I just picked up Calvary from the library, okay. which has been on my watch list. It is the oldest movie on my watch list, which is the challenge that I have to uh, hit. Nice. Uh, also, my personal movie letter went to Dream Scenario, so I want to see that. Uh, and I might try to see um, pr- Pretty Things. What is that movie called? Uh, the Yorgos yeah, movie? Poor Things. Poor Things. Poor things. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll see. Let's try to get on to that. 
And we're all going to be watching American Gangster. Hopefully you will too. It is on Max. And send your feedback at lettermovie.gmail.com. And we will see you next week for American Gangster. And you say New York City. Uh-huh. Put your hands together. Home of the Heron, era of the hustlers. Uh, the world is my custody. New rich Porter, the way I flip quarters. Fronting all these other rap artists, what me? You know what your podcast homework can be is to listen to the Jay Z album American Gangster. Oh, I used to really like that. I mean, that's what I was going to say. It's very easy to pull music for this because he uh, did a whole. He did a, it's actually a pretty nice movie map to Into the Wild because it was a 2007 movie with like a significant movie soundtrack. Well, I don't think American Gangster by Jay Z is the soundtrack. It no, is. It's not. No, it's based on the movie. It's based on the Pretty movie. Pretty sure they used the music. Well, we'll find out. I thought that they yeah. used the music in there. Mm, I don't know. Because Jay-Z first? has clips from the movie in the album. I don't know. Yeah, which came first, the Jay-Z or the egg? I don't know what the think it... Jay-Z album is. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll find out. Yep. Uh, American Gangster Jay-Z album came out in November 6, 2007. Hmm. So maybe it was, it was conceived as a concept album inspired inspired by the 2007 film. Inspired by, yeah. So. But I'm pretty sure that one of the songs shows up in the movie, most positive. Um, but there might be a Jay Z song that's not from the album in the movie. Who knows? But I mean, the, doesn't the movie take place during the 1960s? Yeah. Yes, but it's uh, they have modern music. It's a it's a period piece with modern music in it. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, like a jukebox mm-hmm. musical. Yeah, uh, no, no. <laughs> it's definitely not. There's no Russell, Russell Crowe singing in this one. There's no so. razzle dazzle in this movie. Oh man. Um, I don't know. Can Denzel is... sing? I don't think I've ever heard him sing. Have I? I think he can sing. He probably can. Sure can. Um, I, I you have nine library. You have nine diary entries for The Departed on Letterboxd. That's wild. Well, I haven't added two this in one. 2006, three in 2006, one in 2007, yeah, 2012, 2013. Um, yeah, you will have 10 oh. once you log it. I've seen um, it 11 times. We're, uh, we're continuing our auteurs because, I mean, American Gangster is a Ridley Scott film. So we just keep banging out the art auteur directors. So mm-hmm. there you go. Do you yeah. like Ridley Scott? You like Ridley Scott. Uh, all right, well, some of my favorite reviews from Letterboxd. Maria says the yep. third act is basically the mm, what you say SNL sketch. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Hamlet ending, like I said. Yeah. But Hamlet inspired Lion King, right? Yes, that is correct. Mm-hmm. The less people die in Lion King, just just one or two. Um, well, it's people. a Disney movie. It's not as violent. Uh, as... Yeah, I know. Right? What do you want? <laughs> Although some of those uh, are pretty violent. Uh, Maddie says this movie wouldn't be nearly as good if the characters didn't have flip phones to dramatically shut at the end of each conversation. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, Zach, do you have the uh, microprocessor review on if you read? Is it the really long one by Io? Yes, exactly. Yeah. What a year for Io uh, and Gary. Yeah. Yeah, she just joined. Yeah, she just joined Letterboxd. She has a long review, but just basically uh, is telling a story about how she uh, was the dialect coach on this movie. Oh, yeah. True, but she said, so I was the dialect coach on the movie, but only for the word microprocessors. And yes, it's, it's the number one review <laughs> on Letterboxd. So pretty it's incredible. I don't want to read the whole thing. It's such a great yes. review. Uh, uh, Fran, so who comes up on these a lot, she's a letterbox influencer, says the best movie about cell phones of all time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, but maybe 
she should see decision leave because I love how they handle uh, soft funds and decision leave. Mm-hmm. Probably no soft funds in American Gangster. We'll watch that next Probably week and not. find out. Probably not. But I don't know. We'll find out.